0: Hey, what's up? Welcome to Movie Dumpster Season 3, Episode 18. Today we're talking about Razorback from 1984, directed by Russell McCauley. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. Hello, hello. I'm Connor McGraw. The jokey he is an Australian. Welcome to the dumpster. Sir? Um, sir, my name is Beth Winters and I'm from World Animal League. How do you respond to claims by Australian environmental scientists that the kangaroo is becoming extinct? Wouldn't know. I hunt boars. Boars? Razorbacks. Oh, um, well, uh, boars or, or kangaroos, you, you're a Come professional on. hunter, right? I mean, you, you make your living by killing wildlife, correct? If you say so. Oh, um, roughly, how many razorbacks would you kill in a season? There isn't a season for razorbacks, girlie. Then why kill them? You ought to know. There's something about blasting the shit out of a razorback that brightens up my whole day. How long do you think I can keep this up? foot? Not long. That's a straight in my voice. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, man, because uh, the bad the bad Australian accents are fucking coming hard and fast. <laughs> you know me with this shit. Yeah, I, w- I was already thinking about our good friend. Uh, where is he? He's around here some- somewhere. Uh, oh, there he is. Ah, oh, crikey. <laughs> oh, st- hey, Steve. How you doing? Oh, it's the movie dumpster, fouls! How you doing there, pals? Yeah, I'm losing the accent already. Couldn't even make it one sentence. But uh... holy shit! I'm just imagining him like clutching his temples and screaming in horror this entire film. These blokes are fucking stupid assholes. Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you talking about? I hope Simon Boswell doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> He'd probably get a kick out of it. What part of Australia is this? What kind of godless wasteland is this? Honestly, we could have used a little Steve Irwin and Simon Basel in this film. Yeah, seriously. They could have wrapped up this case a lot sooner and a lot less messy. It's true. Yeah, like... uh, Hello, Simon, if you're listening to this. <laughs> he handled those uh, fucking lizards, like, far more handedly than anybody handles this one animal in this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I can honestly see fucking Irwin, you know, basically like uh, Legolas coming off that fucking elephant, flipping through the air, landing on the back of this razor hog, and just fucking taking it out, dog-tying it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, all in a day's work. <laughs> He would take it alive, too. Like, he'd just jump on it and, like, grab it by the tusk and be like, Come on, you, come on, big lady, come on. <laughs> Woo-wee! Ho, grab this Sheila, right by the gonads. <laughs> the cameraman's with him. He's like, no, you're sitting in gravity. You can take the animal to the ground faster. Oh, man, he starts talking about it. like, Now here we have a beautiful Razorback. The biggest one I've ever seen. He's a monster. So we're here with our first portion helping... Serving? Yeah. Of our barbecue. Oh, yeah. It started. For the month of August. You, uh, you might have heard about it from, uh, <laughs> there folks oh gramps was fucking cooking it up man he was flipping those burgers i just keep on flipping and flipping (laughs) and flipping (laughs) he's so dry i think he would just burst into flames if he got too close to a grill though like you think he would just combust (laughs) oh he did pretty well he was fine he had his uh his movie dumpster uh barbecue apron on he was using the the uh granny van damme special barbecue sauce and his uh special uh dumpster barbecue rub Mm, yeah smells delicious does the gvd sauce taste like you've been touched inappropriately? well you know we don't know the special ingredient she specifically asks us not to give that away so we're not sure don't ask her about it that's for sure you don't want to know she pumps the rifle real fast (laughs) don't fucking ask me ever again you see her squeezing that fucking lubden starfish into a fucking bowl (laughs) yeah yeah that's what you're getting shamrock shake right you know bringing it back to that It gives it a little tang. It sure does. Southwestern sauce. Mm -hmm. Mm. So during our barbecue month this month, uh, we were running a contest. Um, And if you saw that video with Gramps, you'll know that you can enter by shooting us a direct message on any of the social media platforms and or shooting us a direct email at moviedumpsterpodcast at gmail.com. All you have to do to enter is write barbecue giveaway. Literally, all you have to do. We're gonna choose four winners at random, one each uh, for each episode that we put out. And yeah, you can get yourself a fucking. You're gonna get yourself a uh, a barbecue barbecue apron uh, emblazoned with our with our awesome logo by Dave DeForn. Yes, you're gonna get a, a dumpster barbecue rub. Rub. You can rub it on your meats, your fish, your your. Uh, your vegetables, whatever the, whatever the fuck you want to grill. Your bow, Derek leg, you know, if you got one of those lying around. Cook it up right next to the corn on the cob, right there on the grill. Yep. And you're going to get a, uh, or you're going to get two more things, excuse me. You're going to get a, a bottle of Granny Van Damme special sauce that's all organic and all natural, non-GMO, vegan, no milk, all that good stuff. You know, Granny goes hard, but she eats clean. She eats clean. She's 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 a smart lady. How do you think she stayed alive all this time? I was say, she hasn't lived for centuries for no reason. <laughs> Charnetsky brings that chunky chicken in, and she tells him to get that shit the fuck away from her. <laughs> and then as a bonus, too, you're going to get a movie dumpster uh, barbecue koozie. Or cozy, however the fuck you say that. Koozie. Koozie. I call it koozie. That's what I've been calling it for 32 years, so sure. Yeah, me too. You can be like your, your drunk uncle at your barbecue with a fucking barbecue goo- koozie. Drunkle? Drunkle Pinhead? Yeah. yeah you could be like, you could be like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio at the end of Once Upon a Time in, in Hollywood. Oh, man. There you go. Out in the pool listening to some jams while a murder goes on inside your house. <laughs> All with a barbecue koozie to boot. Get the flamethrower. <laughs> with the apron on? Yeah, I could see it. I'd like to see that. So, yeah, you could s- just send us a direct message. barbecue giveaway. And... Literally anywhere you can message us, and you will be entered to win. And if you want to go the extra mile, reshare anything about the barbecue, whether it be an episode or the promotional video itself, and hashtag barbecue giveaway, and you'll be entered again. How's that sound? Sounds pretty good to me. God, yours make me fucking hungry now. (laughs) Yeah. mm -hmm. Also, side note, we've been super, super busy. (laughs) Yeah, this whole Gramps thing kind of came together super fucking fast. It was uh, a little peek behind the curtain. It was just something that we were throwing around just offhandedly one day, and we're like, you know what, let's do this. Why not? What's stopping us? We had one day to shoot it, really, so the makeup took a long time and you know it came out great so yes. so so we're we're we were happy we could do that for you and then you know we'll be doing something similar like we did last year for trick or trash but yep. we wanted to get a new event up which was obviously uh, the barbecue for this month so uh, we hope you guys enjoy it we got some good shit coming up hey and you might have even seen gramps uh, introduce the movie we're about to talk about yeah you sure did so yeah, giant pigs. Giant pigs. <laughs> Connor, you have some stories about some giant pigs. I do. First, before I get to giant pigs, I'm going to get to uh, radioactive pigs. Oh, or razorbacks, boars—they're all the same. So these are—they're regular-sized pigs, but uh, basically, in the 30, 40 years since Chernobyl, there have been boars wandering the the lands around uh, Chernobyl, and they're. One in three of them are radioactive. Huh. Well, I think everything around Chernobyl's r- radioactive, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's it has increased the size of the wolves over there. I think they've been like, stories about like radioactive wolves that are just a little bit bigger than they should be. Oh, uh, like dire wolves. Oh, uh oh. Okay, Bethesda. <laughs> When are we going to get the Russia Fallout game? Like- well, here's... A, okay, you know what's funny about that? They just announced Stalker 2, Shadow... And the Stalker games are games set in and around Chernobyl. And, oh, okay. Uh, you take the role of a Stalker, which basically means you go into this affected area and your job is to uh, confront uh, any of these monsters you find in there or collect anomalies, and you bring them back and sell them. They're kind of like scrappers for the Chernobyl area. I played the first one for PC, but yeah, that's going on Chernobyl, but in other parts of the world, and uh, I have a list of 10 of them. I'm not going to read all of them off, but um, the smallest one on this list is 410 pounds killed in uh, North Carolina. I'm going to scroll down a little bit. 400, 500 pounds, and I'm going to get to the really, really big guys here. So uh, in Turkey, there's one killed at 780. 81 pounds. Holy shit. Are you going to talk about Hogzilla? I'm sorry. Did I jump the gun? (laughs) Did I jump the proverbial razorback? I think he's probably on this list somewhere. Um, In Hong Kong, there is one still at large that weighs 600 pounds. Still at large? What is it? Like, it's got wanted posters out for it? There is a video, the thumbnail of this video is a boar standing on its hind legs eating from a fucking dumpster, which is so appropriate for this episode, it's not even funny. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, In Texas, a 790 pound hog was taken alive. The original Hogzilla is 800 pounds. He is number eight on this list. Oh, really? So there's other... Dude, that was a big fucking pig. It's a giant fucking pig. Have you guys <laughs> seen pictures of that thing? Oh, yeah. I'm looking right at it. It's fucking huge. There's a there's a guy standing next to it, and he only comes up to about it its chest. Oh, well, get ready for those Instagram posts, because we're going to be fucking posting some pigs. Yeah, so... And now, number nine was apparently the new Hogzilla before number 10. 1,100 pounds taken in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Oh, my God. The fucking reigning champ right now? Nope. Number 10. (laughs) Oh, my God. This one is, the validity of this one is questioned. A Russian hog supposedly tipped the scales at 1,179 pounds. So, really, 80 pounds separates these two giant pigs at the end of this list. I was going to say, you think Putin's got his thumb on the uh, scale for that one? See, we grow biggest pig. Oh yeah, yeah. We we found a pig that was eleven hundred pounds. Well, trust us, we're reputable. Are you telling me his that? Vladimir Putin's thumb can exert 80 pounds of pressure? Maybe. <laughs> well, you know, it doesn't, you know, he says it does. That's all that matters. You know, that's what they write down. Whatever he tells them. I read the scale. It says it says plus 80 pounds. His biggest pig. If you do not say this pig is the largest, I will murder you with my right thumb. <laughs> and usually I don't even warn you, so. I can push your eyeball through your skull with just my, with, <laughs> just my thumb. Which is apparently 80 pounds. Yeah, well, you know. 80 pounds. I can apply 80 pounds of pressure to your small human skull is that like the russian death thumb like what, what is, that? <laughs> is that like the 5 finger death punch i mean if you're in a room with vladimir putin and you're not his ally i think you're already pretty fucked yeah i am only man who knows this technique <laughs> i killed rest he has 5 finger death punch i have one thumb death touch <laughs> death touch it's my dim muck so Let's talk about the director a little bit. Russell McCauley. Um, I had to look up how to pronounce this guy's name because I was like, is it McCully?" I, they probably say it some like similarly, but it's like a Gaelic last name. McCauley is how, the, is it, how you... It sure fucking is. <laughs> yeah, it's how you say it. But this guy started directing with music videos. His first music video was uh, an ACDC music video. Which one? A Baby Please Don't Go. Okay, not familiar with that one. Can't say I'm a big ACDC head, though, so continue. Which is crazy to me because MTV started with the Buggles' Video Killed the Radio Star. That was the first music video like the big time music video that like premiered on television and he fucking directed that. Really? So that's pretty huge. Yeah. You you know that fucking song, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that song is on regular rotation on my phone. He goes on to do videos for uh Human League, uh Paul McCartney's Wonderful Christmas Time. Oh god, aka the worst Christmas song ever. I love that song, dude. Worst five in my opinion. Every year when it comes on, uh my fiance Julie and I we just sing Paul McCartney for all of the lyrics? <laughs> okay, I like that. It's fine, but it's it's inferior to Christmas Wrappings by the Waitresses, okay? Uh, that, that's the worst ever for me personally. <gasps> no, no, dude. It goes it goes Last Christmas by Wham. Then it goes Christmas Wrappings by the Waitresses. Can we not talk about Christmas right now? What what, what did I start? <laughs> okay, we're going to rank the fuck. We're going to rank Christmas songs come for trashing it through the snow. Okay. Well, lay lay that nightmare before me in December. <laughs> not in august. Well, I'm going to bring you some weird ones that month then. It's all right. Fucking Sean's favorite song is Christmas shoes probably. <laughs> Have you ever seen the Hallmark movie though? Uh no, and I don't want to. Me me either. I'm good. Thanks. I don't need that kind of sadness in my life. I'm going to therapy as it is. <laughs> We're never doing another sad movie for Christmas again. <laughs> fuck that. Uh, yeah, it's definitely not on the slate for sure. Yeah, thanks, Prancer. Yeah, fuck you. So he also does Turning Japanese for The Vapors. Did he do anything for Duran Duran? He does. He he does Rod Stewart, Elton John, Duran Duran, The Tubes, The Rolling Stones, Fleetwood Mac, Billy Joel, Super Tramp, and Queen. Wow. Because at one point, Duran Duran comes on the radio, and I'm like, I wonder why that specifically was what came on. Yeah, he did a bunch uh, for them, specifically uh, Rio and uh, Hungry Like the Wolf. Okay, yeah. Now, I mean, my, a couple of my favorite songs uh, from Duran Duran. Sure, yeah. Oh, I'm looking at his list for music, music videos right now. He did this music video with my favorite Rob Stewart song. Which is? Young Turks. Oh, okay. So he makes all of these music videos, and then he does... This film, Razorback. Then he does more music videos, and then he does fucking Highlander. That caught me really off guard just now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, he did fucking Highlander. He—that's my one of my favorite movies. Mother of God. <laughs> oh wait, sorry, that was the Orca. Excuse me. Wait, imagine Richard Harris as Christopher Lambert. <laughs> After he ascended, he comes down just, like, floating in because he doesn't want to break his ankles. He's just drunk. Yeah. Swinging his sword around. a Oh, my God, Sean Connery! <laughs> <laughs> and he has to fight fucking Sean Connery? Oh, man. Sign me up. It's weird because when I was growing up, Highlander was... Like, the shit. Yeah, it's great. It's still great. I remember watching the TV show semi-regularly growing up. I remember Highlander Endgame being kind of a thing, and the fact that, like, one, I was watching wrestling at the time, and one of the biggest marketing hooks was like, it features Edge! For probably, like, ten seconds. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, like, after Highlander Endgame, um, that whole series just kind of, nobody talks about it anymore. Yeah, because, uh... What the third one like introduced like aliens or some shit? Oh god! Endgame was like aliens or whatever. I can't remember that one too well. I know. I just know Endgame had uh, the McClouds fight. It was it was you know uh, Connor McCloud and whoever the fuck uh, was on the TV show fighting. Right, right, right. Side note: this guy also directed Highlander too. Well, not side note. That was the next thing I was going to get to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he did the first two. So I guess he did again. I didn't see the second one, but I'm assuming the other good one. Oh yeah, he did the Quickening as well. Then he does more music videos, and then he does The Shadow. Oh, my God. I think that's one of Connor's favorite movies, right? No, I've never seen it. I just, I don't want to. Oh, we got a bald one kicking around in there. Maybe we should fucking, (laughs) we got, I got to watch that. Arlen has seen it and has, I don't think he's ever had a good thing to say about it. Oh, boy. In fact, every time it comes up, I think I can feel like, like his hairline receding and like he just hurts on the inside somewhere. I mean, if there's a good conversation to be had about it, I don't mind doing it on the show, but I you know we've been kind of steering away from doing sh- movies that suck and that's kind of never really been the goal anyway but like i don't want again like i don't want to sit there and i mean it's funny that there's a baldwin in it but like i don't know if it's good enough to watch sure the conversation to be had about it is is the fact that other people in the time period tried doing batman and none of them ever landed as hard like you know you have dark man in the shadow and i and maybe one or two others but like Darkman's better, but also it's completely off its fucking, it's, it's off its rocker. Oh, Darkman is so good, though. And The Shadow, I think, is based on an old property, but it's, again, you're trying to capture the same kind of attitude and tone, and I think that's probably what the conversation would be. Sure. Which I would love to have, because people ripping off Batman is kind of one of my hobbies. Isn't it even, like, proto, like, Sin City? Yeah, well, I mean, The the, the Spirit is the other movie that came out in, like, 2009, which was trying to... Oh, The Spirit, excuse me, that's what it was. It, that was Frank Miller's directorial Debut and it was all the evidence anyone ever needed that he should never make a movie ever again. Yeah, I just I just confused those two. So yeah, well they, it's it's a guy you know you know in a fucking a fedora and and a flowy coat, <laughs> but one is arguably worse than the other one, and it's the spirit. Oh yeah, I, I would yeah. I probably bank on it. <laughs> the spirit is so fucking bad. He's also directed um a couple of Tales from the Crypt episodes, um, Silent Trigger with Dolph Lundgren, The Resurrected with Christopher Lambert, The Hunger the series. Which I've never seen. He's directed some episodes of Queer as Folk. He fucking directed Resident Evil Extinction. What? Yeah, the third one. Yeah. Was that like the only one Paul S. Anderson didn't direct? I guess. I thought Paul did them all. No, you know, and that's... Here's the weird thing. That's one of the worst ones, too. Is it really? Yeah, I... I mean, personally, I fucking detest that movie. I've seen the first and second one, and that is all I've seen of the Resident Evil franchise. Yeah, same. A, a quick Resident Evil rant. Uh, Resident Evil Afterlife is probably the best movie in that series. That's not the first one. But, uh, every, yeah, everything else in that series is shit. They just get progressively worse after that. But is fucking bad. It's really fucking bad. Uh, it sounds like shit. It, isn't that the one where they start doing, like, Resident Evil 5 shit? No. Resident Evil Extinction is, like, first of all, like, between the first and third movies, somehow the entire world gets turned into a mad Max Desert and then by the next movie, it's all fine. <laughs> right, but don't they introduce like uh no, it's I think for so Resident Evil Afterlife and then Resident Evil, whatever the fuck happens after that one is when um they start like just kind of haphazardly introducing and like ripping off uh not just characters and enemies, but um there's a sequence I think it's either in Afterlife or the one after that where they stole. Shot for shot, move for move, line for line, the fight scene between Wesker, Chris, and Sheva, and just slapped it into the movie. Well, they didn't steal it. They just literally plopped it in. They were like, okay, we're going to take this from the Vidya game. It's ripped wholesale to the point where you're like, you didn't try anything differently. <laughs> like, you, st- you stole whole shots, you stole lines. Like, that whole fucking series didn't try at all. Like, why wouldn't you just make the fuck. Like,. I I still will never get over it because, like, I remember being so disappointed when I went to go see the first film and I was like, fuck this shit. I don't need it. The way you talk about it, it's almost as if the Resident Evil series of movies has their own fucking crazy MDU, uh, you know, spider web, (laughs) you know, connecting things together that that shouldn't be connected. Yeah, I think you're right that, like, (laughs) the Resident Evil movie series is the fucking MDU of... Resident Evil? The (laughs) R-D-U. The (laughs) R-D-U. The R-E-D-U. Yeah, well, there you go. The fifth or sixth movie introduces Leon, Ada, reintroduces Jill and Barry Burton. Barry is killed before the end of the movie. And then by the next movie, every one of those video game characters I said who were still around are all just just murdered off screen and never mentioned again oh my god that sounds like dog shit and then we roll right along to fucking scorpion king 2 oh, oh no. yeah you know what i don't actually hate the scorpion king i've been kind of petitioning to do it on this show the last couple of years it just doesn't make it hasn't made sense yet no i haven't seen it since theaters but like when i saw that in the theaters i remember liking it just because one it was like the like the, I think probably the height of my wrestling fandom. So I was seeing like The Rock in a, his own movie. Well, well, you know Michael Clark Duncan being besides him helps. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and he wasn't a giant like <laughs> to this day <laughs> one of the worst CGI monstrosities to ever grace the big screen. Oh yeah. <laughs> Brendan Fraser beat the Scorpion King. Yeah. <laughs> Any Emoteb at the same time? oh uh, yeah 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 yeah. But in like in the second one, it's not even The Rock, is it? It's like some other dude. Yeah, I don't even know if it's the same character. I'm, I really don't even know to be honest. Beats me. I have no idea. And I think they made, like, three or four of these fucking movies. He gets replaced by, like, one of those, like, those, uh, like, Hollywood handyman martial arts guys. I can't remember any of their names, but, like, they're always... Casper Van Deen? Mario Van Peebles? No, like 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 the legit martial arts experts, like like a Michael Clark Duncan level. Gotcha. I didn't know Michael Clark Duncan was a kung fu master. Michael Clark Duncan is a legit martial arts guy. Oh, or a martial arts master, excuse me. Yeah, he's actually he's a utility guy for um for action movies and stuff like that because really? he really helps he helps choreograph and stuff like that. Like that's why he was pegged for that Mortal Kombat reboot uh, reboot, the rebirth thing, where he was going to play Jax because he's a legit martial artist. He could be a good old Jax. I could see it. And he popped up in the last few seasons of Arrow and he was also in the first few seasons he was Bronze Tiger and it's because he has a martial arts background. Huh. Oh, that's pretty sweet. So he does he does get to flex that and be character specific. Yeah. Except in Spawn, it's like, hey, you can be a martial arts expert for, like, two scenes, and then we're going to cover you in bullshit for the the next 90 minutes. Wait a second. You mean Michael Jai White? Oh, did I say Mike Clark Duncan? It's Michael Jai White. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, like, I didn't know Michael Clark Duncan was a fucking... Wow. Fuck me. Imagine the visual running through Joe and myself's head. Yeah, I was like, he's a martial artist? (laughs) Man, Michael Clark Duncan being a uh, legit martial artist is a fantastic visual now that I say it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was like, wow, I never knew that. Like, he did stuff like the Green Mile, and I, I just i just had no idea. I i legit am picturing him as Jax, old Jax now, and I could see it. No, no, because I was like, yeah, that would be pretty sick. Like Farmer Jax telling fucking his daughter that he—that she shouldn't fight some fucking Outworld. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I've had one cup of coffee and no breakfast yet, so I'm like... <laughs> no problem. Uh, Michael, just side note, like Michael Jai White was at a um, award ceremony for martial arts that I went to and I was like, and I was thinking about him, and I was like, oh, yeah, I know Michael Jai White. Fucking Michael Clark Duncan, huh? That's pretty interesting. God, can you imagine him, like, doing a roundhouse kick to somebody, his giant self? Yeah! <laughs> oh, my goodness. Runs in from off screen, jumping fucking kick to the mouth, like, just decapitates the person. My God, like, like Ben Affleck's Daredevil would have no fucking chance against him if that was the case. Oh, yeah. Dude, he would be a good, uh, whatchamacallit, who's the fucking Time Guardian guy made of sand in the, in the new Mortal Kombat? Oh, God. Garris, yeah, Garris, yeah. Oh yeah, that's Dreamcasting that I'll never get. Yeah, no, because you know they're gonna reboot it again with twelve. Yeah, they will. You know what? Because he's gone, and uh, and in the MDU, we'd like to just kind of make shit up. You know what? Michael Clark Duncan is a martial arts expert going forward. Okay, <laughs> there he is. Well, he's the fuck. He's Garris now. He's unstoppable, and he's made of sand. Yeah, he's Garris. He's he lives on in our universe as a martial arts expert who you who one does not fuck with. Who cannot be killed. You know the lore you've just concocted. He's a fucking a <laughs> uh, uh, basically. A dude that's like part cybernetic that has sand for blood that can recreate <laughs> like basically die and come back to life instantaneously oh man he's but he unfortunately he's a servant of hurt uh oh well chronica sucks so yeah i'd rather him just move over to hurt yeah sure yeah he would switch allegiances immediately could you imagine fucking hurt with the crown on <laughs> just like spinning his hands around the fucking orb of time shank sung is like oh this is way worse than me like we have a big problem in our hands <laughs> We're going to have to Photoshop that for the people at home that have no idea what we're talking about right now. Oh, yeah. Well, just to wrap that up real quick, he did Lizzie, Lizzie Borden series, the Teen Wolf series, and 13 Reasons Why. Oh, Arlen. Teen Wolf. <laughs> you fucking could keep that shit. There's only two Teen Wolves. There's Michael J. Fox and fucking that guy from Arrest Development. Sure. Arlen will fight you on that. I hope you know. Fuck that show. I'll fight him. <laughs> Stupid. Since we did just invoke his name, uh, I do have a Patreon question involving... The Deer Doctor. Oh, okay, yeah. Let's get to those Patreon questions. Uh, I I put this up a little late, uh, just with all the other video stuff going on. We also, at the time of this recording, um, we had just started promoting Orca. And uh, if you haven't listened to that yet, go back and listen to that. And check out that video we did with CB Smith. Over on his YouTube channel, over on Taking a Page, Joe did an awesome graphic for it, and Smith got the episode all put together, and uh, I think it came out amazing. Yeah, Smith did a really good job putting everything together. Speaking of Arlen and this, he made a good point. He, he's... And that's why I put that Instagram post up. He's like, you're just Jeff from the Craig Ferguson show at this point. Like, that's all you are. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I thought you were like Paul Lynn from fucking Hollywood Squares. Or something along those lines, yeah. From Freaked. I'm now, I'm, I'm, I like the fact that I'm a voice actor now. <laughs> yeah, because of course Connor appearing in his skeletal form uh, in the video. Check it the fuck out. Oh, yeah. There'll be more Connor in the future. <laughs> Absolutely. He was even in that Gramps video. He sure was. Our patron Dustin asks us, tornado tag match. John Hurt, Daniel Baldwin, and GVD approach to each of you and demand there be sacrifice. Who would each of you pick to be your team of three to try and take down the evils of the MDU? Oh, I love this question. Like, within the MDU? Sure. Yeah. Because my initial thought was if it was me, Joe, and Connor, I definitely want to fight Baldwin, just putting that out there. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, here's the thing. I would go to hit GVD, and, like, the universe would just become undone. It would be, like, a fucking, like, kung fu hustle situation where you're, like, fighting that landlady. Not even, dude. It'd become a it'd become a pumpkin head situation. Like, he hits GVD and then, like, his nose starts to bleed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm fighting my own creation. Like, it would be, like, a continuity punch. Like, we'd each other. <laughs> Damn you! <laughs> we hit each other and, like, the, the, everything would just come undone. Like, it would just, like, it's, like, the end of uh the end of Rejected, what, what's his face david hertzfeld that animator gvd's your pumpkin head dude god damn you <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> she slashes me she both she gets hurt too <laughs> you end up like lighting her on fire and then you burn and it's a whole thing you know what i think i have three dobby because we just bring him back <laughs> <laughs> Dobby, and he'd just be a good distraction. And the other two I would go with is uh, Christian Bale and Alf- Alfonso Ribeiro because of the two sh- – actually, no, I'm changing my question. I'm changing my answer. Forget Dobby, uh, Terry O'Quinn with his fucking metal arm, <laughs> <laughs> Alphonse and Christian Bale. You have like 10 people on your team. No, I changed it. It's Do- I forget-, forget Dobby. It's Terry O'Quinn. <laughs> Dobby wouldn't even have been half a person, let's be honest. Yeah. So you have Alfonso Ribeiro and the white realtor. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, kinda. And Christian Bale. And Christian Bale. Well, you know, Christian Bale with the gunkata. Well, okay, so you have Captain America, Falcon, and fucking Winter Soldier on your team? Of course! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's got the full Avengers, the MDU Avengers. You're just missing the, uh, you know, the Iron Man of the group, you know, Al Pacino, who has yet to make an appearance on this show, but clearly... The uh the leader of the MDU Avengers. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was on here once, but he was talking to Robert Downey. Uh yeah, right. Exactly. He made a cameo. He hasn't appeared in a film though. Yeah. He was in a quick cameo, yeah. God, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when we put on the play of Heat? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> MDU Classic. Gotta put that on the Chronicle. <laughs> uh Um, I would probably I can choose three or two or three. Three. Um well you wanna have, you know. What three of yours are going to go against GVD, John Hurt, and and Daniel Baldwin? Okay, here we go. I'm with Sean because I would contend with... Daniel Baldwin yeah I think he's the one we actually have a shot against the other two were kind of fucked yeah like if I bring booze and like a bag of McDonald's like I can distract him long enough to like stab him in the back of the head or something sure yeah what's well, this tornado tag rule so you gotta pin him oh I do yeah well when he's he'll, he'll fucking pass out from the tequila and then I'll just fucking <laughs> pin his ass the stage lights will dehydrate him yeah <laughs> man's got the tequila. Look out! <laughs> oh no, man, he's got the tequila. Let's go, him for the win! One, two, three. Baldwin's mouth is just watering the second he sees it comes out. He's like wiping fucking drool off his lips. Oh my goodness. Um, and then I probably <sighs> who would fight hurt? Um, I would say maybe Norm. Norm's like impervious <laughs> to shit. <laughs> Which one? A gnome named Norm. No, not Norm from Cheers. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Like <laughs> George Went would walk in there and get knocked out in like one second. He'd show up, he'd be like, oh, I brought the Chinese food in a six-pack of Bud Dry. Uh, what's going on? Oh, you mean you want me to fight them? Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, fuck, I, was, I came over to watch the game. What, what are you talking about? He'd get his clock cleaned in about four seconds flat. Yeah, but, you know, normal fucking grab John Hurt by the dick and fucking bite his leg or something, and then I can hit him with something. Like a steel chair. Yeah. Knock him out, pin him. Maybe. That could work. For G V D, probably Aliotes. Ooh. She would come in with her fucking clothes monster <laughs> her fucking clothes megazord and just fucking take out G V D. She's Ragman. She's just... <laughs> <laughs> it's his, it's his mom, Rag Ragman's mom. Yeah. Shows up with her magical cloak. She's like, I got the. She's like, this is we from ten thousand cursed laundry. You know, whatever. <laughs> wait, wait a second, Rag Ragman from DC or Ragman from Trick or Treat? Oh, Ragman from DC. Oh, I'll, I'm thinking my boy Ragman from Trick or Treat. Oh, take your pick. Oh, fuck no, Ragman from DC is like, he's like, he has actual magic. So <laughs> yeah, but he beat Sammy Kerr. Oh, wait a second, I want Sammy Kerr on my team. Holy shit, I forgot all about him. Yeah, Sammy Kerr v John Hurt. I think I think that works. Yeah, John Hurt would be in a. Uh... A spot of trouble, I think, of going against Sammy Kerr. Sa- Sammy Kerr is like the he's like the scorpion is like the wild card. You're like not really sure what side he's on until he like steps up. He's like, yeah. <laughs> dude, you know what he could do? Honestly, that's a good pick, Joe, because he could just you know activate his fucking whatever powers and just control baby, make it blip out of time. Oh yeah, he could. He could fucking be like go into baby and then and just fucking shock the shit out of hurt or something, release a demon inside of it. I want this in some kind of readable form. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, we're cooking something up. Okay, so my answer. So the first one, uh, I don't even know if I have to name three after I name this person. Uh, Uwe Boll. <laughs> uh, just get him on my team. Oh, my God. You want to talk about OP? He, he would love to beat the shit out of anybody, really. Yeah. Um, and since it is Tornado Tag, we have to keep that in, in consideration. There's going to be tables. There's going to be chairs uh, involved in some capacity, maybe even a... Uh, a burning uh barb you know, barbed wire bat. You know, we don't we don't know. These people are crazy that are involved in this three way uh, tornado tag match. Oh yeah, man. So I think I think just because he just came up earlier in the episode and he's on my mind, Steve Irwin would be one of my choices. <laughs> You know, you know, he goes under the ring to find weapons, and you just, like, hear the commentary, like, Oh, golly, look at this! Oh, man. Look, oh, this'll be great! He comes out with, like, a fucking taser. He's like, I'll take this, get him right in the chest, and cover him for a pin! I'm gonna tag him! Runs in, gets John Hurt right in the fucking Peacemaker. <laughs> and then all three of the ba- all three of the heels are like, Do you want to be seen on TV, like, punching Steve Ruin? Like, do you- Oh, that- <laughs> Meanwhile Uwe Boll is like standing there like l- like hitting everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just going in haymaker after haymaker. <laughs> and uh <laughs> number 3, huh? any mdu character oh man this can't actually be defeated so i think it's kind of a cheating answer but i'm gonna say it regardless the ghost shark oh <laughs> but what are you gonna do against that i don't know it's just it's just uve and the ghost shark at the end of the day right you gotta you gotta find its original body mm-hmm. it's in some fucking cave next by next to uh richard mole's lighthouse in in the <laughs> middle of florida like we're we we do not know where this match is taking place it probably is taking place in florida with covid probably going on and everything So maybe you got a chance to find it in time before the match is over. But at that point, you've probably been bitten in half. You know, I I could see the ghost shark grabbing uh, Daniel Baldwin, taking it in the air, and just, you know, off a fucking ladder through a table. Like, he's done. Yeah, man, comes out of that fucking whiskey bottle because he's got liquid in there. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Comes out of the tequila. Tequila shark, yeah. And, you know, Baldwin's body is just ripped apart across the ring. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, that's my team. Ghost (laughs) shark, uh, Uwe Boll, and uh, Steve Irwin. You could even have Steve Irwin riding the ghost shark, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. I want an assist trophy, though. (laughs) I throw, like, a Pokeball, and the fucking Razorback comes out and just runs somebody down. There you go. Goes through the whole arena. And, And then, like, even though there's no fire damage, the building explodes. Yep. He knocks over a fucking lantern and it just lights on fire, burns it to the ground. <laughs> Blows up a gasoline factory. Yeah, yeah, I could see it. Uve is just still punching that fucking ghost shark. Passes uh, C.B. Smith knocking out a blue whale. Yeah, I can see it. <laughs> Sign me up. I want all of that. But uh, I think we all answered that yeah unless you have, either of you have something else to add what you got celebrity death match nothing on us oh man i mean honestly you could have you know the wizards collectively could be the referees you just have them all over the ring this is tornado tag rules they're impartial in this particular contest yeah oh you know uh, well you know you know uve went in there with a with a with a strong right hook and that ghost shark just took him out i don't, I don't know uh, you just have haggerty and gunner on commentary that would be the most low energy match of all time and charnetsky <laughs> Well, we're out there. They're in the ring and they're fighting each other. And Charnetski's just sitting there like, oh, God damn it. He's like, I, you know, I could be at home right now, you fuckers. Instead, I'm watching <laughs> this shit. Give him the skull cracker. Oh, no. G- GVD just read the words to Terry O'Quinn. He's been activated. <laughs> <laughs> I just picture like, you know, like sometimes, I mean, I haven't watched wrestling in years, but they would show the commentary uh, people and they'd always make a point to show like the Coca-Cola products on the desk. Uh, you know the, so, michael king would never drink his but king would be constantly downing his drink i could see Charnitsky is just like blowing through like chunky chicken and fucking cokes and they're like all over like <laughs> in piles on the announce desk <laughs> there's just a big giant bottle of bush mills yeah, there was a period of time where they were promoting skittles and like every time they would cut back to the fucking commentary team jim ross was like losing his mind over Skittles. he's like fruity 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 <laughs> fruity, fruity 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 fresh and tootie snickeroonie <laughs> <laughs> chunk chunkeroni. So, so we, we, uh, as Joe Apley put it, uh, charge out of this arena into the movie. I guess properly. Yeah, let's jog it. Um, some some good old exploitation we're gonna be talking about here because oh yeah. Before we get into the movie, movie, I just want to start talking to some more uh, BTS shit. It's written by Everett DeRoche, um, who wrote Patrick, which is another great exploitation uh, film. Uh, Long Weekend. Road games, Link, which is fucking amazing. It's a, it's like a, it's like a killer, not a, well, I don't want to say killer monkey movie or killer gorilla movie or killer primate movie, but it is sort of. Uh, The Quest. Oh, the only other fucking movie that I've seen like Elliot from from E.T. in, and then he wrote the remake of Long Weekend in two thousand eight, which. I guess was the year for remakes because what do we get? Wasn't the stepfather come out the same fucking year? Oh yeah, I think that that sounds right. Oh nine. Oh nine. Same shit. Yeah, same ballpark. We got Brian Cox. On effect, we got Brian Cox, Alan Maxwell, Chris Murray, and Bob McCarron on effects. And collectively, these guys have done Beyond Thunderdome, The Road Warrior, Howling Three, uh, Street Fighter, Operation Dumbo Drop, Island Dr. Moreau, The Matrix, Pitch Black, Mission Impossible Two, Scooby Doo, uh, Rogue, that uh, Greg McLean movie with the giant crocodile. Oh, Worthington. Yeah. Uh, probably his best work. I would say so. <laughs> uh, the Wol- the Wolverine, San Andreas, uh, Thor Ragnarok. Whoa! Aquaman. Alan Maxwell specifically worked on uh, The Punisher. Dead End Drive-In, nin- the 90s Ultraman series. Chris Murray worked on the first Mad Max film. BMX Bandits, Singapore Sling, The Power Rangers movie, Farscape. And Bob McCarran, um, created the titular Razorback, and he worked on uh, Road Warrior and Dark Age, which is a great Aussie Aussie, um, crocodile flick from the 80s. And he also worked on Body Melt and Braindead, a.k.a. Dead Alive. Then scooting on down the road, uh, we got a score by Iva Davies, and he's the founder and the lead singer of Ice House, and he's actually done the score to Master and Commander, (laughs) and he has songs... On the Space Jam soundtrack. What? Yeah, and Young Einstein with Yahoo Serious. Uh, uh, oh, that's a name I haven't heard in a very long time oh um, man master and commander is like one of my dad's favorite films is it re- i think you mentioned that before yeah my dad loves be- well das boot is his favorite movie right with the agner uh now of course yeah yeah yes exactly uh a notable uh one the fact that all three of these guys worked on three mad max movies is not surprising in the fucking slightest after watching this movie oh no <laughs> we're gonna get into it but yeah it doesn't surprise me either two i just want to make a note of it as the big dc guy um the knowing they worked on the effects for Aquaman, that movie like Aquaman or not, that movie is fucking gorgeous and a lot yeah. of the effects are fan fucking tastic. so yeah, speaking of Mad Max, uh Dean Semler is on cinematography in this film and he shot the Road Warrior. Ah oh. again, not surprising at all. no. <laughs> I guess, be, right before we get into this, do you guys know what cut you watched? Whatever YouTube had, because I rented it on YouTube. I, I would assume it was the uncut, but uh, I guess I don't really know. They only had an SD version available, and uh, I don't know, maybe they... Do they have a Blu-ray of this film out that I could have bought if if I had time and, and foresight? Well, yeah. So, Umbrella Entertainment has put this film out, I believe, three times. They did, um, they did a DVD release they did a blu-ray release and then they did a 4k remastered blu-ray okay i i would be interested to see that just as a point of comparison well it first of all they did an amazing job on the restoration it's fucking gorgeous now there is two cuts of this film the original vhs version is the uncut version and it has a few more bits of gore in it i mean it's nothing crazy except for there's well there's one seminal one where i'm like holy shit like I wish that was still in the in the Blu-ray cut, but on the Blu-ray you can watch um, the remastered cut version, and then you can watch the uncut version. Like it's like a VHS quote unquote version on the disc, um, or you can just watch the fucking deleted scenes. The, the cut that I watched, I was talking about in the chat earlier. Like, I could swear there are various points in the movie where someone was saying for fuck's sake, or they were dropping an F-bomb, and it looked like a TV edit. Like, there was no sound coming from their mouth. I mean, I guess I don't really think about it, but I don't remember any cursing at all in this film. Well, yeah, I didn't hear any cursing, but it doesn't mean there there may have been at some point, because, like I said, there was one person who says it's a close-up after someone dies, and they're mouthing something, and I'm like... What did you just say there? I mean, this movie does a lot of violent shit. Mm. Yeah, that like cursing is the least amount of my uh, concerns. It's just something that I, you know, once you mentioned it, I was like, Oh now that you, now that you're saying that, I'm not sure. I didn't, I didn't notice. Yeah, and I, th- I found it curious because I was like, okay, you know what. What would cause someone to excise, uh, you know, foul language, but keep in a lot of the violence? It's just strange to me. I wonder how. I mean, I guess I don't understand the the ratings board in Australia, especially in '84. Yeah. Well, again, like this is okay. So this is like exploitation, but also not like because you have stuff like you know, death warmed up coming out around the same around the same time or like a couple of years before that which is just like full out fucking like gorefest crazy shit but like it wasn't distributed like in 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 theaters i'm pretty sure okay i think even simon bozel told told a story in his interview that we did with him of him seeing razorback like in the premiere yeah in sydney and there was like a big premiere and stuff i think the goal there was to make a film that was accessible to people sure but i mean they like it like a lot of people liken this film when they first saw it to like jaws or like a jaws (laughs) ripoff here we go again here we go again and i'm like Okay, like, why? Because it's a giant animal? Like, I feel like when Jaws came out, after that, everybody's like, oh, this is like fucking Jaws. There's like a giant monster? There's like a giant uh, uh, animal or whatever? Right, yeah. It's like Jaws, but it's on land. It's like Jaws, but it's a whale. It's like Jaws, but it's in a swamp. It's like, no, motherfucker. Like, Smith said this on an Orca episode, just from the research he did, that and, and from the book itself. Like, clearly, it was a cash-in on Jaws, but like we talked about during that episode... Like, when you look at it constructively, yeah, there's little things here and there, but, you know, most of that movie's original. Sure, no, what I'm saying... Well, there's a difference between cash-in and rip-off. Sure, no, yeah, agreed. Like, The Last Shark is a fucking rip off or a great aka great white like that's a rip off of jaws with right. fucking victoria well, yeah. <laughs> like straight up <laughs> and jaws uh, jaws 4 is a rip off of orca so you know full circle well there you go yeah like devilfish and orca are definitely cash ins i wouldn't say they're rip offs yeah well yeah and in this case like this movie feels more like actually we said this in orca like this movie feels more like a moby dick uh comparison I anything Oh yeah, because at the heart of it is still someone who has you know, brain melting vengeance against uh, an animal. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's funny, you know, the way we work these schedules out. Sometimes we just, every once in a while, we'll have these happy accidents. Yeah, where you'll have a movie kind of just like that. You know, Orca, like you just said, Connor, is kind of you know similar in some respects. And then we go into this film, and basically another man versus nature scenario. Yeah, yeah. This is more like Orca than Jaws is like Orca. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, This is also based on a book as well. Yeah, I saw that. Based on a book by Peter Brennan, which I need to pick up now. And I guess CB needs to pick up. (laughs) Add it to the list. Yeah. Yeah, add it to the list. I want a taking a page episode on Razorback stat. In this case, though, this animal is far more... I wouldn't say mythological, but, like, I was rambling off giant pigs before, but this thing is a fucking monster. Oh, yeah. It's definitely more Jaws-like in that respect. Yeah. Yeah, because it's just, like, a killing machine. It's not... There is no emotion to it. It's just kind of there. And it is a fucking wrecking ball. Oh, yeah. One of the things I said in the chat is, like, I'm floored at the destruction. (laughs) One, it causes in-universe, and two, like, the production for the destruction, like, the design and the effects and all that are astonishing. Oh, yeah. The fucking... like wrecking ball, figuratively and literally. Literally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So I also read that this the the inspiration for this might have been about that uh, the dingo ate my baby story, the Azaria Chamberlain story. Oh shit. Yeah, I, I could <laughs> see that that it's like worked its way into our culture or our pop culture as like a big joke. Yeah. yeah. Which, was, like, if, if you look into that at all, you know, obviously there's the Se- the Seinfeld joke that that. Joe's referring to. Yeah. But people were like pissed about that at the time. I mean, I don't blame them when you really think about what was going on. Yeah, it's a big deal because the mother was blamed for the disappearance of her child and she had blamed it on a dingo. Right. Taking her baby away. And people were like, yeah, what the fuck? A fucking dingo couldn't have carried you. What are you talking about? And we, we, uh, I mean, we're about to talk about it, but that's uh, very clearly what happens in this film. Sure. Do you want to do a plot crunch to this? I'll, I'll do a plot crunch. Go for it. Uh, yeah, so. Basically, the plot crunch for this movie is uh, there's this big honking fucking hog uh, that everyone, you know, they refer to their pigs in uh, Australia as Razorbacks. Or they're boars. It, it comes in, it, it destroys this fucking old man's house and uh, carries off his grandson in the process. And like we were just talking about, no one believes him. You know, they, they don't have any evidence, but he's essentially shamed by the community. And then here comes the hot reporter from America to do a story on kangaroo and dingo violence and uh, gets involved with this whole Razorback situation along with these kind of shady pet factory owners, Dicko and Benny, these brothers that are doing some nefarious shit at the pet pack. And uh, eventually it's uh, it, it all comes to a fucking head after some murder and some intrigue and uh, some guy walking around the desert for what feels like an hour. <laughs> And, uh yeah, I think that's basically the setup. It's basically, like we kind of talked about, like a man versus nature kind of thing, because you have each character has their own motivation for why they are going against this animal, essentially. Sure. And, and again, like, it's just, just real quick, to compare it to Jaws is just so fucking stupid. Like... It doesn't, it literally has nothing to do with that plot of how that movie goes down whatsoever. Unbelievably surface level. Couldn't be more different. It's like you nitpicked like one thing, you know, like, oh, it's aimlessly attacking people like in Jaws. It's like Jaws! Yeah, it's just like this blanket comment that people who don't actually watch fucking movies say. Like, they say, <laughs> oh, there's a giant monster. Well, it's it's like Jaws, right? But a, but a boar. And on land, and not like it at all hey ghostbusters it's a jaws ripoff it had (laughs) an abnormally large uh stay puff marshmallow man that's clearly a jaws reference yeah it's yeah is razorback the dark souls of animal movies (laughs) yeah right (laughs) like it's just so fucking stupid like i don't know i hate i hate that sure no i'm with you it's unfair it's unfair because right when you say that to somebody it automatically cheapens the film well and it's like You know, that whole argument we made last season for Terminator Salvation, where it's just there's certain things that. Just just through our own experiences and just stuff you read online that people write that movie off because it's like, oh, it's just another Terminator film. It's like, well, you know it's, you know, it's the future one. Who gives a shit? But it's like, yeah, but you're writing it off because you're just making a whole bunch of assumptions. And excuses. About what you think the plot is. Also, it's the future one. That's the one we've always wanted. Yeah. yeah. No shit. Right. That's the only sequel you could have done after two. P.S. Also, this film is fucking gorgeous it plays out like a dream half the time and i said in the chat it reminds me of dust devil and it has some real stanley influence all over it yeah it's very it's very australian and it's very stanley and even and even miller like all of those things are here and even just the filmmaking again like is is australian like exploitation like in general it's very surreal and beautiful and guess what it looks a lot better than jaws does well yes yes sure (laughs) It does. <laughs> it's shot more creatively than Jaws is. Sure is. Because Jaws, are like, there's you know, there's memorable shots, but like, nothing that really jumps out at you is out of the ordinary. No, this is like a fever dream of the Outback. And this movie has a sequence that, until it broke, I didn't know was a hallucination. Yeah, and it is fucking weird. <laughs> but you see how what I just said is unfair to Jaws? Well, it's unfair to this movie, and it's unfair to Jaws to compare the two. It, right? Exactly. Yeah, don't compare Jaws to something fun. <laughs> We start off in this uh, farm town. And it's very, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre-esque, like, Mad Mask-esque with the way this is shot in the beginning here. Yeah, go figure. I have a headcanon that this movie takes place weeks before the original Mad Max does. At the same time, <laughs> dude. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because it's a lot of those Australia stereotypes that we hear in America where it's like, it's just a fucking wasteland. Yeah. Because there's a lot of this movie that's just in the, in the outback, straight up. It feels very, like, post-apocalyptic-y. Yes. And uh, we start on this farm where we're introduced, we don't know his name yet, but his name is uh, Jake, Farmer Jake, uh, I think it was Cullen. Jake Cullen, played by Bill Kerr, yep. And uh, he's just basically walking around his farm and uh, making sure everything's secure, and he goes in to put his grandson, Scotty. Oh, little Scotty. He puts him to bed, and immediately he starts hearing like a lot of like pig noises outside, and he's like, Ah, son of a bitch, those damn hogs, and he grabs his rifle. <laughs> And he fucking heads out. Because we come to find out, and, you know, probably totally justifiable. This man, he hates razor hogs. Well. He hates pigs. Well, he hates them because of the events that are about to take place. (laughs) Yes. When this fucking bullet train of a pig runs through his fucking house. This fucking locomotive of an animal, like, one, its land speed is absurd. Um... Two, like, you don't get a full view of this thing really ever. At the end, sort of, and in the middle. Yeah, but, like, this thing is, like, the fucking size of a... It's, like, the size of a Volkswagen bug or something. like Dude, it is, like, the size of Santa's fucking bison and Santa's sleigh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is so fucking big. I think one of the... Uh, yeah, the one of the main characters, like, draws the parallel to, like, a rhino as <laughs> how big this fucking thing is. Yes. Yeah. And I gotta say, with the trajectory of this, uh, the speed it was moving... Uh, I feel like this thing was, like, aiming at this house from, like, up a hill. Like, all right, a little bit to the left. <laughs> a little to the right. Yeah. All right, go. And then just ran full fucking speed through this guy's house like the Flash or some shit. It's like shooting a wrecking ball out of a fucking cannon. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like... It's like a pinball. It hits one wall. High score. High score. <laughs> high score. As this fucking, like, house is just falling apart behind it. This fucking animal rips a hole through everything every single wall that it makes contact with, and just it's running through this guy's house so violently and aggressively, it somehow starts a fire? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about! It knocks over, like, some lantern or shit. Okay. Because they don't have electricity out there, I don't think. I get, yeah, right, I think that's the implication. Make it very clear that we're out in, literally, the sticks of Australia, like, the, the out-outback. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, even further out than, uh, Magnus Subansky in, in Crocodile Hunter the movie. Like, she was in the outback. This is even further out. Yeah, this is like our fucking house runs on generators and there's like a perpetual fucking gas and or oil uh, drip outside. Right. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of already see where this is going, or at least I did because of the trajectory of the impact farmer jake runs in to check on his grandson and he just hears crying as it gets quieter and he realizes oh shit like the, the thing took my grandson oh my god it's the way that this is shot yes though, right so this thing like blows out of the other side of the house and just runs off into the night and the thing about this a lot of times in this film is again there's nothing around so the 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 source point of the light is the house or establishment wherever they're at and everything all just falls off into nothing like in to darkness so this thing runs away and it's like this dolly shot that pulls through the house and as it pulls back and Jake walks through you just see the destruction that this thing just caused and then this fucking crib is just upturned and his grandson is gone and he he is wailing as you would expect for Scott like Scotty it's Scott and the house is burning behind him. It's a powerful shot, dude. It's like holy shit! And then the logo just comes in. Yeah, it's fucking great. <laughs> it, it's just so good. And of course, like we were talking about, nobody believes this guy. So the the title screen comes up, and then like over the credits are overlaying this hearing at this courthouse in Gamula is the town, which we later find out means intestine. This courthouse is full of Toe Cutter's gang. <laughs> All right, every single fucking person. In this building are all the most like degenerate, disgusting, sweaty, ridiculously hairstyled like hooligans I've ever fucking seen. And no one has, none of them has any business conducting a fucking hearing. No. No, they're like Mad Max ruffians for sure. They are all like, ha yeah, the boy took off your grandson. <laughs> well, they're like, you know, all right, well, show us some evidence, Jake. And Jakey has like this, uh, you know, little plot of sand that he pulled up with the hoof prints in it and he goes to show them and they tell him to like hold it a little higher and it spills and they all fucking laugh at him. Oh yeah, it's just like Frankenstein on Bond. And and then Frankenstein sitting, yeah, exactly, <laughs> He's sitting there with Mary Shelley like fucking up the timeline. Yeah. <laughs> you think your hurt was there and using his mind power? He's like, ah, <laughs> no one's gonna believe you about my giant razorback that I unleashed on your community. For no reason. This takes me back to when I went to old time Switzerland and fucked up that trial. <laughs> whoops Yeah, like, his defense Again, like, I feel like this is, like, a whole, like, recreation of that trial about that dingo case. Sure. And the lawyer makes a comment, he's like, he like, was a hybrid species, it's an aberration Ooh. And the guy's like, aberration? Or apparition? And everybody just fucking points and laughs at him. Simon Basel stands up with the Elton John sunglasses on Objection! Yeah, <laughs> He rips him off. He's like, that son of a bitch! How dare you discredit this man's story about a potential aberration <laughs> He's got, like, a bag full of the fucking <laughs> the lizards, the geckos. Yeah, someone's like Mr. Basel. Sit down. This is about boars, not geckos. All right. He says, I, uh, I, I stand against that comment. I have my lawyer, <laughs> Sir Dobby. <laughs> Dobby. I'd like to testify, please. <laughs> Dobby has like the still has the potato sack, <laughs> but he has like just a name tag on that says Sir Dobby. <laughs> I, I don't know. Just the visual of him being Simon Boswell's lawyer is funny. That's the bit. I have nothing more to add to it. Oh, man. He, no, he's like Rick Moranis in Ghostbusters 2. I took all my classes at night. Oh, that's real comforting. And that blue thing I got from her. And you can't shoot the ball until you release the proton packs. This, this isn't a hearing. You have no rights and he's not a lawyer. <laughs> You're an elf. Get out of here. We just keep him around because he's fun to look at. Look at him go. <laughs> May I return to my original place of existence? Yeah, whatever that means, Dobby. Oh, the pain! Shoots himself in the head. And Toe Cutter's gang gets up and fucking shoots him, and then he fucking ascends again. Yeah. They watch a murder happen in the room. Yeah. Harry Potter's there just out of like pure curiosity. He's just like fucking face palms, like. <laughs> <sighs> I, you know, I had lunch with Ginny later. And now I gotta, I gotta call her and push it back. I can't go anywhere with you, can I? So not only is like, is he um, berated by this group of people, but like even his daughter is there, and he's and she's like, yeah. she's like, this doesn't make any sense. Like the kid was dragged off, and like that's bullshit, dude. This is like a House One situation, yeah, where it's like the kid went in the swimming pool. Ah, there's no way I'm leaving you. Yeah, and it's like the, the kid got dragged off by a Razorback. Ah, there's no, there's no proof. And that's the thing, like the fucking whole house burned down. So, like, he can't be like, look, that's where that giant thing ran through my house. Right. I'm sure there were people, you know, if we really want to, like, think about how this went, there was probably people at that trial saying, yeah, how do we know if he wasn't just buried under the house or in the house when it burned down? And this poor bastard has to hear all this. Right. And he was like, wait, you know, it could have, they don't say it, but, like, I'm thinking, like, oh, maybe he had, like, a drinking problem or something. No. And <laughs> accidentally lit the house on fire and they fucking burned down. Nothing! Nothing! Totally upstanding citizen, but, uh, doesn't do anything for you in society, clearly. So he gets released on insufficient evidence, uh, but there's, like, people spitting on him and shit. Oh, man. It's great, because then he just, like, shoots up from sleeping, and it's, like, that, that was, like, kinda his dream thing. Um, and he's, like, out, and he's camping out in the fucking bush to, you now he's got, you know, he's he's gotta get his revenge and kill every fucking razorback that's out in the outback. Yeah, yeah. Until he finds the big one. Sure, which, I mean, I guess apparently they're a problem out there, but he makes it his vendetta. Oh, yeah. They're an invasive species for sure. Uh, especially in North Carolina. That's why Connor was saying that shit. I'm like, holy, g- like, goddamn, like, that that's out there. Yeah. That big. Then we get a two years later, uh... <laughs> and uh, no and we we're, are and we're flung from Australia to New York City and I was like what what that confused the fuck out of me I was like wait a second <laughs> well I did a Billy Joel music video so it's like New York State of Mind yeah he, here we go I have to ask was this an American made movie no it well it was shot on location in New York and then it was shot in New South Wales I believe I guess because and I know like this isn't a deal breaker for me or anything it's just like weird like you're doing an Australian film but you got to insert these like two Americans into the equation Like, why didn't you have him come from, like, Melbourne? Well, yeah, that... Like, why do you got to go to America? Like, why do you got to make the lead a fucking American? Like, just make it some Australian bloke. I think it was to have the dynamic of they're out-of-towners kind of thing they're out-of-towners sticking their nose in fucking business that's that's none of theirs you know what i mean sure yeah in like the worst part of this foreign country not only that yeah like some shit we're gonna get into but like you don't fucking go out there talking like this fucking woman does i'm sorry yeah no yeah it was just it brought me back to rawhead as far as like leads go where it's like say what you will about that movie but the main character is kind of like a fucking wet towel yeah um Sort of, I mean... I mean, towards the end, he kind of redeems himself, but there's a lot of that movie where it's just like, it's just a dude walking around taking pictures. Why is he the hero of this story? Well, to be fair, in this movie, Carl's like the third main main uh, character. He becomes the main character at some point. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, Judy Morris plays Beth Winters, and um, so she is a character actress and a director. She co-directed and co-wrote Happy Feet. Still never seen that. With... George Miller. With George Miller, the director of Mad Max. (laughs) (laughs) These Mad Max people. It just keeps going deeper, man. They get on set. They see what they're working with. Yeah, no, this lines up. I've worked on Mad Max. Can you imagine how I'll reunion all these people? It's like, yay! (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, We also have Gregory Harris as Carl Winters, uh, her husband. Yes. And just real quick, the fucking lighting in this apartment, every shot in this film is top-notch like it's gorgeous yeah the lighting the set design the atmosphere it's just it feels so good and it just i don't know it's beautiful really well done probably one of the best parts of the movie is the lighting specifically and, and the cinematography for sure but to joe's point they're in their apartment and they're kind of playing a whole back and forth where, because Beth is a, a basically a wildlife reporter, she always has to leave town for her job. And, and they're kind of hemming and hawing, oh, I can't believe we are going to have to leave for our anniversary. And she's like, well, I have to go to Australia, so if I can get in, t- in contact, I will. But if not, he's like, they have phones there, right? She's like, yeah, I guess. Oh, wait, hold on. My report's coming on TV. Let's watch. And she's talking to some like ignorant ass like radio like rodeo guy. Isn't he isn't he like a cow farmer? Oh yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's the yeah, whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And she's like she's like how do you feel about slaughtering defenseless cows or some shit like that? And he's like, "Why don't you go fuck yourself, lady?" <laughs> Yeah, more or less. He's like, why did I agree to this interview, you asshole? Like, that goddamn bullshit. In her, in her defense, probably not the best way to lead the interview. Like, no. <laughs> it throws him no softballs, just goes right for the hard questions. Yeah. Oh, dude, she's totally that type of reporter, too. Hey, you know, I respect that. Yeah, no, absolutely. She fucking smears food all over the television. she's like, yeah, fuck that guy. Anyway, I'm going to Australia. <laughs> Let me ruin our pocket television because I didn't like how that interview went. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just like, well, I'm going to Australia to report on the fucking kangaroo slaughter because they're going extinct question mark and i'm like this one town yeah yeah gumala is killing all the kangaroos (laughs) this this one this one absolute undisputed irrefutable shithole of a town in the this whole country there's like 10 roo hunters that's it apparently all located in the same spot yeah but like i don't know (laughs) yeah no i agree yeah but here's the thing that the the characters in question who we're going to meet soon are likely meth addicts and probably stay up all fucking night and just do one goddamn thing. Uh they got some, they're some of the most disgusting people ever put to film. We'll get to it. I wanted to bathe the moment they came on screen. <laughs> <laughs> you felt like me after a recording session in the studio closet, but like you hadn't recorded yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah, just, just this, like I could smell them through my screen. Ooh raunchy we get a hint dropped here like she's like "Ah, i'm I'm gonna go and he's like no you should go you should totally go it's all right go monday and she's like it's probably just my prenatal stress or whatever oh man that hit me later in the film yeah the way this shit unfolds because i didn't put two and two together on that and i was like Ooh. yeah uh so so carl like gives uh gives her like a present and then they kind of kiss or whatever and then we cut right to australia we cut to these little aborigine kids like playing with this emu and i thought it was the funniest thing I guess it's just normal there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we, we go to this fucking hotel slash bar. Mostly a bar. <laughs> I, I didn't see a hotel bedroom. Welcome to the Bartel. <laughs> Want to see a pop-up funny? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he's there? Well, you know, we're not quite sure if it's him or, like, his clone because he talks a little different. He's a, he's a little bit more uh, Australian. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, "I, you want to see my pop-up funny?" Say, eh? it's Paul Hogan. Oh my god. That ain't a pop-up funny. Now this is a pop-up funny. He he is like the bartender's cousin. Oh yeah, yeah. What would be the pop-up funnies in Australia? He just replaces a lot of things, like from Neo Japan, with like Australian shit. So there's like spiders and crocodiles and koalas in there. All right. So Steve Irwin fell down a fell down a hole and became the Razorback. <laughs> Steve Irwin fell down a well and became Max Rokotansky. All right. <laughs> Steve Irwin. Found a gem the size of a monkey's head. Steve Irwin found a pile of shit. I'm already losing. I'm going cockney, dude. Yeah, you know, you guys were starting to go Michael Keane, and I tried to go Michael Keane, but I just did like <laughs> a voice that really wasn't anything. I saw a ball the size of a tangerine. <laughs> <laughs> the size of a fucking tank. The size of a tank. The size of a rhino. Yeah, that Jim Carrey is not uh, exiting from the anus specifically, but just a regular one. Can you imagine if Jim carrey was been driving this wild boar the entire film? <laughs> oh my god, Jim Carrey fucking climbs out of the anus of this wild boar. It's, that's why it's so fucking destructive. It's just made of metal and he's inside with two levers, his knees, like up to his chin. Just like just going, going back and forth. Loser! Like a bat from hell! <laughs> kind of hot in these razorbacks <laughs> yeah so they're in fucking they're at the gamula bar excuse me i said intense intestines before it's actually it means gut beth is there with uh, one other person her cameraman which i i'm assuming is a local because he does have an australian accent and i i don't think we ever get this dude's name so i just referred to him as cameraman the entire time me too it's cameraman i think he's he's like from sydney and they like drive out from sydney to there I think sure. His name, his full name is Cam Urman. <laughs> Cam Ah Man. Honestly, I think this is what Ken did when he left uh town. You know, in the book version of Orca, you know, we got Pierre in the book. You know, Smith kept telling us about this poor Pierre fuck. <laughs> Fucking Pierre. But Ken, he went to Australia, changed his name, and started driving uh, people around <laughs> to, to far flung towns. Oh my God. Then we get, like, we just get to introduce to, like, all these people in this pub, and it's fucking great, because, like, one dude's riding a fucking camel. I did not expect the camel joke to come back as many times as it did. Twice! We get two camel jokes! Yeah. Yeah, I'm into it. Um, So, yeah, it's like a hunter pub. Like, this is where all the, the local people hang out, and, like... They make their living by killing kangaroos and boars and all kinds of shit, you know. We get this great scene when they first walk in the bar. Everyone stops. It's like Star Wars. Yeah. But, you know, they go back to what they're doing. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that was a little cliche. You're American. We don't serve their kind here. Cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> your your cameras, get it out of here. <laughs> you think that's going to be the extent of it. And then she's like, hey, uh, anybody kill a kangaroo around here that wants to go on record? And then it's like full-on record scratch. Everybody's like, get pissed. Oh, drunk. I I read a book about Australian slang. (laughs) They all just stare at her. They all just shoot her. (laughs) (laughs) Look, girlie, get out of here. You specifically get these two uh, characters that... Uh, th- that make their presence known. These two brothers, Dicko and Benny. Uh, uh specifically Dicko I was referring to as Dark Guy for a while. A couple of Toe Cutters gang, and we see them. like <laughs> they, a, they are, so, like, both of them could easily, you could cut out Johnny the Boy and put either of these guys in that gang in the same role, and there would be no fucking difference. And, like, you can cut through that chain in about ten minutes, or you're ranking about two. <laughs> Mix, yum, yum. <laughs> the one guy like i mean they both look weird but the one guy didn't look as weird minus like those flippies that he fucking or uh those swimmies he has on or whatever those are the meth swimmies as i called them but then he takes his goggles off and in like one of his eyes is just totally clouded out i was like okay that's a character quirk i i kind of needed yeah and, and again like they remind me of the guys from uh the, well the one the one guy specifically uh benny looks like one of the dudes from um death warmed up I don't know if it's him. I didn't look it up, but it reminded me of it. Could be. We never know. One of them also dresses like um uh Lord Humongous's like fucking like announcer guy, the one who's like the Ayatollah of Rockin' Roller! <laughs> oh yeah. Because he has this big stupid fur coat and like this this weird headpiece. Um they both dress like absolute douches. And they both have like every time they smile, it's just rotten brown filth in there. <laughs> they they've constantly got shit in their cheek they're chewing on. Their hair is just oil like that's it like it's just gross yeah they're walking farts they're wa- yes they're <laughs> it's just two sentient trash cans like i they're just so detestable also benny's got like the the these fucking um this walkman and he's playing the whiz yeah the entire movie and he's like singing he's like dancing like michael jackson and singing like ease on down the road and shit <laughs> yeah and he uh, intentionally slides Whenever he's in motion, like, he stops and slides. (laughs) Hey, they brought it all to these big characters, I guess. Why not? So she leaves the bar, and and, um, they get a beer or whatever, or a pint, rather, or whatever they fucking call it. I forget. Some guy corrected us last time we did that. Some beer! Yeah. They call it all different kinds of things in all different parts of Australia, believe it or not. Anyway, uh, yeah, so they come outside, and uh, Jake roars up in his fucking... uh, truck his jurassic park truck <laughs> yeah she's like she's like come on get the camera out he's like he's like oh but i'm drinking my fucking beer and so they run over to him and she's like she's like hey uh she's like hey uh if you, can i can i tell you about uh can you tell me about kangaroos and like hunting kangaroos and stuff he's like i don't know i, I hunt boars razorbacks and she's like oh um okay so what why do you hunt boys he's like i don't know i love blasting the shit out of a razorback that brightens my whole day And she's like, okay. And then he just speeds away. And he's like, yeah, right, get fucked. And he just drives off. She's like, okay, he pulled up to uh, pull away. This is Beth Winters coming at (laughs) you. She pulled up to say how much he loves killing innocent animals. WTF 128. We're going to reuse this clip later. So Beth goes back into the uh, bar and she's trying to make a call. And before that, the bartender's like, she's like, he's like, you're going to try to call New York. She's like, he can't even get to Beck. She's like, well, I'm gonna try anyway. So she's on this fucking like CB radio, trying to make a call to New York City, running up this guy's bill. <laughs> Did you dial one eight hundred collector what? She's like, what? No. Ah, <laughs> it's free for you and cheap for them. So Benny like goes to fuck with this lady with with Beth, and he's like, he like throws the fucking the. Uh, they're playing darts, and he like throws, he like groups these darts like right next to her head. Oh yeah. Dicko does that. Is that Dicko? I thought that was Benny. Benny is the guy with the glazed over eyes. Dicko is the other guy. Oh, okay, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Dicko. And then Dicko's the one with the fucking headphones, excuse me. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah they're, they're both Dickos in my eyes, all right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, Connor. <laughs> Who could care? Dicko one and Dicko two. The Dicko brothers. Dicko and Dicky. So she like, she grabs the fucking darts out of the wall and like drops him in fucking Dicko's beer and walks out. And then everybody starts fucking laughing at him. I loved this because like she schools these dudes and then like they dump the beer out onto the floor and just fucking break their glasses right on the bar floor. Here's the thing. And you kind of, I forget who said it, if it was Joe or Connor, but like. You're walking into town. This is basically like a mat like you're basically a gasoline city. Yeah. Like what are you what are you doing fucking with these people? Like I get you're trying to like stand up for yourself. Sure. But these are bad dudes you knew right away. Yeah, and that was my thing about this being, like, not to offend, like, Australian people out there, but, like, your country has a reputation of being, like, somewhat inhospitable. Well, specifically in this scene, that's what they're trying to get across. Right. It's it's rough out there. I don't live there, so I can't really speak for it. But this town is clearly painted as, like, the worst of the worst in the middle of, like stretches of just godless lawless wasteland yeah basically and this american woman walks in and fucks with people she doesn't know who are capable of things she's not aware of in an area where you where phones are not reliable there's barely an electricity and certainly no actual organized form of law no this is like wolf creek like what the fuck are you doing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like it is it's the closest thing to walking to the old west as you can come up with um like i don't think we see a cop in this entire movie maybe like one scene no i don't think i saw one either no they, they like kind of rely on each other for that the closest thing to a cop is jake yeah and and just acts recklessly carelessly and uh like kind of pompously and then expects i guess you know no consequences sure not to say what happens later is in any way appropriate no no i mean i i like that she stands up for herself but i'm just thinking like Two steps ahead of where that's gonna take you. Yeah, exactly. It is. A, it is a foolish thing to do. Look, what she does here is one thing. What she does in about five minutes is something completely different. Sure. Yeah. So she leaves the bar, and um, they end up like getting a room there. But she she tells the camera guy that she wants to just go get footage by herself. I believe, or some some, some footage of the cannery where our pet pack is the cannery. Yeah. So she goes down there by herself and she she in fact stops and gets some pictures of some boars i is that implied that she actually gets a shot of the razorback no she's like turning the camera on and like testing it out and then she sees it in the distance some so it was just some cattle on the ridge there it wasn't (laughs) it wasn't the razorback tm you're kissing my balls (laughs) god damn it i saw that fucking razorback he was on the hill there Killed my son. Killed my son he's he reading Secret Wars. <laughs> and he killed Scotty, goddammit. So yeah, she just like starts up the camera and she uh she ends up driving out there. I guess so it's ready, right? Because it's film, it's not fucking digital. Sure. So she drives out to the to the cannery. And she ends up like shooting Dicko and Benny, like, through the window, because they're doing like illegal shit with the kangaroos. Yeah. Canning this meat, um, like for sausage and shit, but then like selling other parts are like they're like hacking off certain parts of these kangaroos to sell in another a different market like china or some shit yeah like black market kind of shit am i getting that correct it's something they're doing yeah yeah well (laughs) keep in mind you know i make a texas chainsaw massacre reference a little bit earlier and i'm specifically talking about like the opening where it's like really showing off the desert aspect of the locale but take that in another direction where it's like I mean, obviously not Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but maybe like that vibe of this like rotten, disgusting, filthy meat factory. Yeah. Well, that's Texas Chainsaw literally is about the decay of Western civilization with the, you know, the slaughterhouses out there. Like, that's why they're doing what they're doing because the government has like shut them down and like all of this shit. And they're like basically isolated from the rest of the country. So whenever somebody comes through, they just. I don't know, eat them? Yeah, we gotta eat. <laughs> yeah. We don't. We like that special taste, that particular meat. mm I mean, they lean into it in the second movie, but still. I definitely got Texas Chainsaw vibes from this, and I also got, believe it or not, uh, a film I... Definitely did not like doing on this show, but it made me think of it. Frankenstein's Army. <laughs> what the setting? Yeah, yeah, like just just the the disarray of this uh, meat factory plant just made me think of a few of those locations in Frankenstein's Army. Oh, it's this. This is a slaughterhouse, not in the sense of like like, a business or an establishment, this is a fucking gross horror zone. Like, this, it's a nightmare situation. It's fucking vile. It's a basement. Yeah. It looks like it's been out of commission for, like, 20 years, yeah. And they just have these kangaroo carcasses and pig carcasses hanging all over the place without any care put to it. No. And there's rats and shit all over the place. Ugh! So Toe Cutter's gang is there in their hideout, processing plant, whatever the fuck you want to call it, um, and... So Beth's, like, shooting them through the window, and then fucking Dicko, like, sees her and, like, grabs her, busts the fucking, the rest of the window out and, like, grabs her through the window. Presumably destroys her camera in the process. Well, no, she grabs it. She she manages to get it away. Um, and then she goes to get in the car, and he's like, he's like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? And she's like, <laughs> she's like, oh, I got, I got all the footage I need or whatever. And she's like, bye. And he's like, yeah, Bye. Drives away. There's no way you could possibly get in another vehicle and chase me down. See ya, I got all the fucking evidence I need. You just went into a criminal's, like... Layer yeah. <laughs> and film them doing illegal shit. And you're not, like, going 150 miles and, like, pedal to the metal home? Not even pedal to the metal, but, like, you're lucky you got, at, you're lucky that dude didn't fucking kill you right there. Sure. But again, you're out in the middle of nowhere, you can't phone anybody, nobody's with you, you're alone. Yeah. Wouldn't you be a little scared? Well, she looks scared. Also, on top of that, I just want to bring this up, like, we've mentioned that this is a little town. Who the fuck is worrying about this little town killing some kangaroos for some profit. Uh, Beth, apparently. Beth Winters. Uh, no, no, but I'm saying like like they're not it's not like some big giant corporation running them into extinction. Do you know what I'm saying? And she yeah, makes yeah, that yeah, she yeah. makes that uh comment and I'm like what I was like how the fuck are these two fucking dudes killing enough kangaroos to call, warrant extinction you know what I mean it is kind of ambulance chasing in a sense where it's like you you're you are over it, this granted what they're doing is terrible sure but um, you yourself are over sensationalizing to the point where you feel like you can just go do this on your own without any sort of like sure contingency plan or organized backup or sure a reliable way out if things go wrong and, and I also get the impression that this pet pack storyline was it was initially probably grander in the script probably or in the story yeah well because like with the budget they had i'm guessing they didn't i mean i think it was like a five million dollar budget i read Mm -hmm. but they probably didn't have a lot to do where they could have like a ton of extras working in this meat factory plant to make it appear like a bigger deal sure and maybe it's maybe it's part of the pet pack like the bigger corporation and that's just like one uh, foundry that's there or whatever you want to call it. Sure. I guess it'd be a story be like, hey, are you, hello large corporation, are you aware you have a site out in this town that's doing this? Right, I think, yeah. Right, like it, like if the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre family <laughs> was cutting up people. Yeah, yeah, packing them up and shipping them out under you know, like leather-faced goods or some shit. <laughs> they were like a, like a part of like Pathmark or something like that. <laughs> My brother makes a good head cheese, you you like it. I don't know, Gunner, can you shine some fucking light on that uh, you know, that was a part of my life I don't really talk about anymore. Don't don't bring up my past mistakes. Uh, you know, ever since I ascended, I try not to associate myself with uh, Grandpa and the rest of the gang. I handle all that business now, so it's okay. Uh, you know, if I ever see them around, if if God forbid any of them ascended, you know, I definitely uh, talked to Charnetsky and the boys to, uh, take them out before John Hurt got his icky fingers involved in the, uh, the, the proverbial peanut butter of the situation. Our brand is specifically cruelty-free cannibalism okay (laughs) we just knock them right over the head before they have a chance to do anything you know charnetsky and uh, haggerty they 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 uh you know i i was a sick person in life but uh they've they've turned into sick people after (laughs) life. and uh i'm not i'm not honestly cool with what they've been doing to dobby but uh they're about as powerful as i am and i'm not willing to have that kind of a showdown Uh, when I would rather just watch the Bears game and, uh, enjoy a little, uh, deep-ditch pizza. So, uh, I I don't really know how you got me on this tangent there, Sean, but, uh, that's my answer. Wait a second, Gunner. Why do you make me cut those people's faces off in the basement, then? (laughs) Uh, 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 Haggerty, uh, don't blow up my spot here. You said it was my brotherly duty that I had to do that to stay in the mansion. (laughs) Listen here, uh... I killed the Six Flags guy for you. (laughs) I'm just thinking about how I just offhandedly mentioned that in an episode, and now it's just canon. And that's the end of that character, everybody. <laughs> yeah, you gotta watch what you say, because everything becomes canon. Come on, come on, Haggerty, you know. I, I can't enact the violence I enacted in life anymore, but you, you're you're okay with it. I've seen what you've done to Dobby. The poor guy, he's just trying to live the life of a, of a simple house elf, and you torture the guy. You shoot him in the head with a... With a with, with a fucking magnum revolver. You're using my discrimination against who <laughs> Look, I'm telling you, they were bad. You can't just do that. You can't just use that against me, man. Also, I didn't know this was a point in the MDU where we could just kill a character like the Six Flags guy. <laughs> And Charnetsky's like, hey, I just want that fucker to go get me chicken. It's not even Haggerty's. Oh, shit. I just blew up my own spot. Meanwhile, in the corner, Richard Harris, who, <laughs> uh, you know, he, again, he doesn't come to every event, but since he is a wizard, he just pops in and out, like, when it's convenient. Yeah. And he's just doing, like, the side eye while he's listening to all this and just, like, we don't know what what Mr. Mr. Harris is thinking, Dumbledore, if you will, but, uh, you know, mother of God, it can't be good. <laughs> no, it can't. Ah, uh, must have been a revenge killing. Welp see ya. Can you imagine that guy shows up to the fucking the, the what's his name's house after the boars just ran through every wall and he just like goes Looks like it must have been a revenge killing <laughs> Kissings there, he just flicks a fucking cigarette on the burning pile of ash. The interview Dumbledore at like the hearing. <laughs> yeah. I saw the whole thing. It was a son o- it, it was a hell of a thing. It's a hell of a storm. <laughs> Paying back that one. <laughs> cup, just like hell upstairs. Hell of a store. <laughs> So, so, uh, so yeah, Judy's driving down this fucking road, and she's just happier than a pig and shit, man. She's just like smiling and like turning the radio on and enjoying a little Duran Duran. Yeah, she was. I thought she was gonna fall asleep for a second. I yeah, that's kind of what I thought she was doing. Like, oh, I'm getting tired. Let me jack the radio up. I thought for sure she was gonna hit this fucking Razorback, but. She doesn't. She gets cut off by Benny and Dicko. She instead hits a kangaroo crossing sign, which I can only imagine is right next to the lepre- leprechaun crossing sign. Probably. Got to get that fucking book from How to Howard, man. Got to fix that sign. Yeah. How to uh, dig a sign and in- signpost into the ground? Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah, we sure did. Yeah. So Dicko and Benny like run her off the road, and she like crashes through a bunch of fucking signs and like poles and shit, like a like a small tree. Dicko comes out and, like, opens her door, and he's like, yeah, all right in there? Did you, you get, any, get any broken bones or anything? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. He's like, great and he fucking grabs her by the hair and pulls her into the middle of the fucking bush right you're like you almost think for a second that's gonna be that like he just like that's that's the intimidation tactic to make it so that she doesn't say shit about what happened sure but no. so then you know he does what every fucking scumbag like this does in a movie and he tries to rape her slaps her around a bit too and fucking gropes her he sure does and there's something extra gross about this because they're because they're driving the truck that they hunt in so they have this big spotlight on it and that's how they like find kangaroos and shit yeah and they're like shining it in her face as as he's like tormenting her on the ground i mean i gotta be honest i was kind of half expecting benny to rip it out and just start pumping it away just you know watching his brother get it off with this poor woman he's he's ready he's gonna but we get uh you know the magic of storytelling (laughs) inserting this this Razorback as the hero for this scene. Um, yeah. Oh, okay, which I kind of don't like. Right before that, he turns to, Dicko turns to Benny and he has like these contacts in that like give him this weird eye shine like he's an animal. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then she knees him in the balls and tries to get away. Then the Razorback comes in. Yeah, Razorback comes in, tries to save her like that crocodile movie when, when the girl's about to have the same thing happen to her and this giant croc comes in and rips the guy off her. Mm, yeah. Hero of the day. It ends up like hitting their truck and they like freak out and they jump in their truck and they and they drive away and then uh, Beth gets in her car. Which this redeemed the scene for me but I was kind of annoyed at first. Um, It's just a sad kind of scene because it's like okay the scumbags yeah. get away and now she's going to feel the rep- repercussions of this you know. I honestly for a little while thought she was going to be the main character of the movie and then I got Janet Leed. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> unexpectedly. <laughs> Connor I'm going to take that a step further and this might paint my opinion of the movie going forward, but this is like Godzilla. This this is this is like Brian Cranston getting taken out in the first forty minutes of that movie, and then you got nothing to do with the main character the rest of the film. Yeah, in that you have a character with kind of a compelling story so far. Yeah, with their stakes uh, and like an emotional investment in it, and then they're suddenly removed. Yeah, uh, I disagree. I I mean I won't totally agree because I think the character that comes in to replace her does have stakes in the matter. I just don't find this character as interesting at all. Um, I I agree with, like, that perspective being a thing. I don't necessarily feel the same way, but I did get some declination sure. when I was like, oh, shit, sh- like, this is it? I mean, I kind of like it on one hand because... I mean, I guess we're talking around it. The thing comes in the car. Well, yeah. Rips off the fucking passenger door. It's pretty intense. It's it's shot really well. Yeah. Rips off the fucking door, and it, like, grabs her by the leg and starts, like, eating her out of the car. Yes. So, on the VHS version, there's a little bit more gore. Not too much for this particular scene, but, like, you see a little bit more leg-chomping and a little bit more, like, goring with the uh, with its tusk, but not... It's pretty much the same scene. I like that she almost gets away. Oh, when she tries to climb out the window? <laughs> <laughs> like, out the back, like, okay, let's say if you did get away for, like, a momentary respite, this thing, did. It, this is like Cujo, it didn't just disappear, it's still out there. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. I wouldn't liken her death to something like Brian Cranston in Godzilla, because that movie literally takes a shit after he dies. Shit. Sure. I mean, maybe I'm over exaggerating a little, but that's like a uh, more recent film I can point to. Obviously, you could go to Psycho. That's kind of the the other film that pops into my mind. Right. But it's but I, I guess what I'm saying is that I still feel like Sarah and Jake are compelling enough to carry it even though Carl is supposed to be the main character? Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I, I could see that perspective for sure. We'll, we'll get into it. Maybe maybe as I talk about it more, I'll, I'll change my viewpoint, but that's kind of where I'm standing with it at the moment. Gotcha. But, yeah, she she gets 86. She does not survive the altercation. So we cut to morning, and it's um the uh, tow truck driver, like, going to, like, tow the car. And, like, you really... Now we see it in, like, broad daylight, and it's just totally fucked. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, it's probably worth more, you know, it's going to be more expensive to fucking tow it out of here than it is that I'll get any money for it. And, And like I was talking about earlier, there's no police force here. It's just Jake. Just there checking it out because he's doing his due diligence as a ci- as a civilian in the area. Like, oh, maybe this has to do with my fucking, my uh, my ghost, basically. Of course he does because the- it ripped the side of this fucking car apart. <laughs> Dude, it's like some Jurassic Park shit. It is. I think it's even more fucked up than when the Rex rips the fucking car door off the Jeep, off of Eddie's Jeep. Oh, yeah. So Jake is looking at the, uh, the boar prints and he's like, he's big. And and the fucking tow truck driver's like, what? And then it just cuts. He's like, who's back? He's like, an old friend. (laughs) Who are you fucking talking to, Jake? Lay off the booze, Jake. Jesus. Stop staring over to the horizon, (laughs) goddammit. So then Jake, again, pulls up. uh, This is, I think, the first time we see this location. Uh, I I kept referring to it as Gasoline City. Uh, Oh, it is. It's like a giant oil tank that these motherfuckers live (laughs) in. Yeah, these these Mad Max motherfuckers. Oh, Gas Gas Town. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, whatever. I'm not. You know, I, I was in the ballpark. I'm not the <laughs> expert on Mad Max, but I was I was close. Ga- Gasoline City is the capital of the wasteland. <laughs> okay. Oh, it was formerly Gasoline City. For- formerly Gasoline City. Well, the one brother is out there, and Jake's basically getting in his face and I forget, maybe you guys could fill in the hole here, because I forget what happens, but it, the end result is, they tell Jake to get the fuck out of there, and they just start shooting at his car as he pulls away. Yeah, well he goes to confront, he finds a hook at the um, at the scene of the crime, which he knows is Benny and Dicko's from their truck, so he goes to their house, right? and he's like, you fucking saw it, didn't you? And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about, mate. Is this where the uh, She Fell in a Mineshaft narrative pops up, or is that somewhere else? Yes! I couldn't fucking believe it. It was like made for this show. Well, not yet, because they didn't even go to the cops yet or anything like he doesn't even know he doesn't go to talk to them about the disappearance of Beth he goes to ask him if they saw the fucking razorback yeah, right. And they're like, we don't know what you're talking about. And then he just gets the fuck out of Dodge. We go to our uh, our shining airplane moment. I love this scene. This montage is done really, really well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Carl's in a we don't see him fly to Australia, but he's in a bus going to Gallum. It's intercut with him like sleeping in the in the bus with. Footage from their conversation before Beth left, and then actual, like, shot footage that that Beth shot while she was in Australia. It's really fucking cool how they do this, like, narratively. Right, because they just, I guess the implication is, A, he's kind of blaming himself because of that offhanded, like, no, you should go. Yeah. And, B, like, he must have seen that footage. Like, we don't know how many days after she disappears Mm -hmm. that he goes there. I'm assuming within a week at the most. Yeah. Because he gets like a call and, and he's like, "What do you mean she's missing?" And then like that's kind of thrown in there a little bit, right? And then he wakes up and then he's at uh you know he's at the pub or at the bus stop where he gets to the pub. I think this is one of the first instances where the movie uses this uh this like visual technique where like they, they like something happens. And there's like three or four after images where like it's to emphasize like you know some kind of uh impact on some one certain scene or something like that. But it pops up a few more times too. No, I love it, dude. Yeah. So he gets to the pub and he's asking. He's like, "Yeah, I'm looking for a room. Like, who?" Owns and he's like, I own it, mate. And he's like, Okay, great. And he's like, "Uh, Do you know where I can get like a rental car or taxi? And (laughs) and this guy's like, I haven't seen a taxi since 1953. And he was lost. He's like, You can take my car. (laughs) Yeah, just have my car. Yeah, well, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like nice guy kind of situation. If you're not a scumbag like Dicko and Benny, like, you're also just like a nice dude. Who's just like, yeah, we all kind of help each other in the community here. Sure, but like we were kind of talking about earlier, this is like the epicenter of every scumbag in the, in the area is congregating here. Except for the owner, apparently. Well, I feel like everybody else is pretty, I mean, they're gross in a different way right as evidenced by later on in the film during the climax like yeah it is a community that does come together and one of their own gets completely annihilated yeah exactly i guess that's what i'm saying yeah, that's true they, they do more about it than the people in orca put it that way <laughs> for sure yeah <laughs> well yeah they just try to fucking push out no but it's very apparent in that scene where dicko and benny pour the beer out on the floor and leave that they're considered the two jerk-offs of the community oh yeah no one likes them and why why the fuck would you yeah exactly so then you know he borrows that guy's car and they play this little joke about how he goes in the wrong side of the car because he's an american and then he's on the wrong side of the road he's like the left yeah yeah <laughs> i kind of appreciated that it was funny yeah basically carl's trying to find out like what happened to his wife and the guy at the hotel saying ah you could you could talk with uh jake cullen he might know mm-hmm. he's up the road blah 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 so he goes to jake's yeah and i guess Jake is just like I mean I guess it's been two years so he's kind of fixed the place up but he lives at the same location as his house or is he just out on the on the outback no he's just out in the bush because we're gonna get to the location where the other house was in a second okay he's like living in a like a a, a cord out bus or some shit right it's like a dump yeah just there's little touches to this scene that I, I really like and and again like the lighting the cinematography is fantastic but like there's like he still has his grandson's like rocking horse that we saw at the beginning of the film and that's like in in part of his house like on the side they go into his house and I swear to god I was looking around for one fully functioning vagina <laughs> these fucking jars of pig fucking fetuses and stuff rucker howard's in the back that fucking jumped out at me too because he's like it's when he's pointing out the pig heads on his wall and he's like right beneath it is just a pig fetus in a fucking jar yeah it sure is the fucking van damme clan comes in he's like oh one of our people is just dying he's got to eat that pig the australian uh, van damme <laughs> the only- Sean <laughs> Claude comes in and eats the pig out of the fucking thing. He just fucking shoots at me. He's like, goddamn cannibals. Well, you know what? He probably wouldn't shoot them because they're not Razorbacks. He's like, yeah, if you were a Razorback, you'd be dead. But since you're just a potato person, you can have the corpse. Give me five minutes. I'll eat these mushrooms. You'll look like fucking Razorbacks. <laughs> Yeah, I've been saving these for such an occasion. God, imagine GVD riding the Razorback, just going to put that image in your heads. It's oh my god. You know, she likes riding the big animals. We've talked about it a few times on this show. A Van Dam riding the Razorback? Well, it could be a Van Dam or GVD specifically, but you know, both visuals are funny in their own rights. What is she like, fucking Azog the Defiler on a fucking white wog? <laughs> She could be. She's riding the Razorback with a fucking mace. Holy shit, <laughs> I need that now. They call me the White Orc in some social circles. <laughs> <laughs> because in the moonlight, my skin appears to be luminescent. The gray potato. If there's ever a war and GVD's on the other side of history, you know Richard Harris is coming in on a fucking steed with the sword raised high. Oh, you know it, dude. Or, you know, it's probably a bottle of gin in his hand. He switches it up for the sword. <laughs> Mother of God. Yes, Julia. He spins it real fast, takes a sip, then spins it back like it's a weapon. Like People seriously thought I'd be replaced by uh, Ian McKellen in, in Harry Potter. That was a thing people really thought was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> they both played wizards. Who else could possibly fill that role? Literally nobody, apparently. Oh, wait, Michael Gammon. <laughs> Carl asks Jake about. It. He's like, "Have you seen my wife?" And he just like looks at him and walks into the back room where you guys were saying. And there's like all Razorback heads on the wall and the and the pig fetus. And he's like, "Yeah, Razorbacks." He's like, "He's like vicious, shitty, and godless vim. and God and the devil couldn't have made a more despicable creature." And he's like, "Cool. So my wife's name is Beth. <laughs> <laughs> she might have been around here. She's American. Beth Winters, uh, Ring a bell? News reporter has a different nervous system than most animals, you know." <laughs> Two states of being dangerous or dead. <laughs> He's like breaking it down like Rachel and Orca just like giving all these animal facts but not answering any questions that need to be answered. It's the only it's the only mammal capable of vengeance. <laughs> Just trying to find my wife. I'm trying to find out if she's alive or not. I never got a straight answer. I'm a little heartbroken. It's got in its eyes. Did you know a, a Razorback could rip you from limb to limb? Bullshit. Definitely not your wife, but it could happen. Carl's like just backing out of the truck. He's like, where you going? I'm not done with me story. He's going with plan B. You're going to pretend I'm a Canadian tourist instead. He's like, he just girls like, um, so do you know anything or what? And he's like, no, proof. <laughs> Try the cannery. Do you know anything or not? He goes, know anything about what? What are you talking about? Razorbacks. He just like walks into this pet pack and he's like, yeah, I'm Canadian. I'm a tourist. <laughs> you know, I might want to shoot a kangaroo. I-, I heard you were the guys. He goes, you're American, huh? And he goes, no, I'm Canadian. And he goes, isn't that America too? Yeah. Well, I guess technically. Which is hilarious to me because australians think of new zealand as essentially canada their canada is new zealand (laughs) really yeah that well that's what somebody from australia told me at a barbecue one time Ah. (laughs) at a barbecue actually that's that's that big difference there key difference there gramps will tell you all about that just uh go watch the video we were talking about earlier funny enough i i was actually talking to her about this film and she had never seen it so here we are well now you don't have an excuse. You have a you can watch the movie and then hear three uh, white guys' opinions on it. <laughs> three American white males. Yeah, not not even Australians. And here here are three Americans doing bad impressions of your native your native tongue. I think if anybody's listened to the show long enough, it's just for a gag. Yeah. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Also, uh all my Australian accents come from other Mad Max or Bushworld adventures, so <laughs> Mine just come out of my head. I I don't really do much uh, thought about it beforehand. They're probably offensive. I hope I didn't upset anybody. I think the three of us are more Australian than Mel Gibson is anyway. I'll I'll own that. Why not? (laughs) So Carl goes into the factory, and like I said, he somehow convinces these guys to have them take him out on one of their kangaroo hunts. He's looking for work, and they put him to work in the cannery. And the whole point of this fucking scene is, A, to get him, like, an in with these guys, and B... So that he can witness this machine start to like, you know, basically implode on itself and all the other machinery in the factory essentially also uh, overheating in the process and watches one of the two brothers take this large stick and just like whap the shit out of this big piece of machinery and it fixes. Dude, it's the old man's furnace. Hashtag Fifa? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who touched the goddamn dial? Yeah, I can see it because it it immediately cools down and uh Carl's like I'm going to put that in the memory banks for later. <laughs> uh maybe that'll be part of the plot. Here I go. And so they uh after a day of work of Carl busting his ass for apparently no pay, yeah. he goes out on this uh kangaroo hunt. Well, hold the fucking phone, dude because he like goes driving with these guys because he's like no I I got a truck I'm good and he's like nah mate we'll give you a ride <laughs> and they fucking drive him to like their cave yeah or whatever oh my god this is like man it is they live in a literal pit yeah and it's just covered in like piss and shit they think the bombs were dropped and we literally are in a post nuclear wasteland because why are you living in this fucking cave it, it's, god, it's cool it's fun it is it's a basically it's a like a cavern, I think it's. It, it looks like the entrance to what would be a mining shaft or like a mining like area, but yeah, because it's got it's got a door, right? You know, you turn down the wrong fucking uh, entryway and you're gonna run into pea Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. uh, yeah, exactly. Um, but like, it's got a door on the exterior that just goes. When you go in, it goes straight down into this like extended. Like, just cavern, essentially. Yeah. But they've turned it into basically just, like, a dumping ground that they live in. It looks like the hills have eyes. Like, is there yeah. just, there's just, like, a shitty bed frame with, like, piss-stained sheets all over it and God knows what else. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a garbage dump that someone's tried to, like, you know, shack up in. Yeah, and he's like, uh, I gotta take a shower. And they're like, <laughs> man, there ain't no shower, mate. You can stand under the pipe outside for a little while. Yeah. And I make the Fallout references specifically because I've played a lot of Fallout 3, and And a lot of New Vegas. And I have found many caves that fit this description exactly where there's just, like, a couple of sleeping bags and a bunch of garbage thrown all over the place. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, that was after post-nuclear war. This is uh, just in Australia, randomly, next to where they hunt kangaroos, I guess. In the middle of nowhere. You can find stuff like this in the Mad Max game where, uh, like, war boys or roadkill gang members hang out where you you find a door or some kind of, like, man-made entrance that leads into, like, just a fucking pit pit or a dump or a cat or a series of caves like uh so yeah this seems uh very plausible but also nowhere where i want to be no very Aussie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no hell no i don't even know how this this guy how he manages to go down there and like sleep and eat this guy's sausage yeah i don't know <laughs> buying his mate <laughs> then we go from this like cave fucking bedroom to this like Character that they just decide to like insert into the film for two parts that I kind of love. Hey man, that's that's my brother, man. What do you, <laughs> Dave Haggerty? Oh my god, the unascended Haggerty. Let me see if I can do this. Let me see if I can do Sleepy Haggerty in an Australian accent. Ready? Go for it. I want to hear this. Oh, I, I don't know if I can do it or not. <laughs> I don't know if it's even sounding even close, <laughs> but there's my you sound like Michael Kane doing like a Mighty Python impression. <laughs> So, you're just Michael Kane It's so hard to do that kind of inflection, but also be Australian at the same time. It's hard. Anyway, Australian Haggerty. This guy is Haggerty as fuck. Yeah. I'm just minding my business in my own house, and suddenly, you know, there's a noise outside. I was minding my own business in my house, and he he here again. I was drinking my beer on my couch, watching some guy on television. And now you're like, now you're Southern American. You're also because I'm trying to because I'm trying to keep that. They, they. Yeah, you're doing three accents at once. It's not easy. <laughs> I know it's impossible. <laughs> it's like trying to do a British Korean accent because you're doing the Sleepy Haggerty, you're doing doing Australian, and then you're trying to make it a little uh, younger at the same time. <laughs> Anyway, Dave Haggerty, everybody. Yeah, this guy who has all, all his animals, essentially, get killed by this razorback. Uh, we see this guy twice in this movie for whatever reason. Yeah, so he goes out the first time to check on, like, the ruckus he hears while he's, you know, it interrupts the late night show, so he's got to go check it out. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, buddy, your barn's totally destroyed and all your animals are gutted. And he's just like, huh, that's weird. Doesn't think anything of it. Is that what happened? I thought he just, like, heard a noise and walked out. No, nah, he sees them. And then you know you want to just talk about the scene that 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 where he comes back now. Yeah, because like it f- I feel like the scene was split in two, right? Like it, it feels like it. One plays now, and then one plays later, and it's the same scene because he goes. It's almost like he just went back inside, started watching his program again. Yeah, the Razorback gets like stuck in like some like equipment or some shit. It's like taking a nap or something. Yeah, it was just a yeah, know was just about to go into it. <laughs> he get it's like it gets like caught in he like sets a trap and it gets caught in a net. Oh, okay. And it's like chained to the side of his house and this fucking Razorback starts running away and it pulls the side of his house off with the television on it and this guy is just <laughs> sitting in his chair and his Lazy Boy. Dude, his house gets venomed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was just saying, it's, this is one of the most spectacular pieces of carnage in this movie Um, because... Love it. This thing, like the whole house, like the, the corner of his house, gets to, with his television. The television that stays on the whole time, <laughs> by the way. Into the night, it just goes. And he watches it as it goes It away goes Way into the distance Oh yeah man it Fucking Earl Bassett And Grady Hoover were there Hey man Maybe he had a generator In that part of the house or you know his brother came in and set it up for him, you know, gave him the illegal cable, but you know added a little magic uh, to the to it. he will never need a power cable for this TV, all right? It comes from above. <laughs> Don't ask me about it. You'll be fine. It'll it'll be fine. You can get you get the Playboy Channel too. There you go. Can I have an indestructible house? No. <laughs> Slam cut to the uh, wizard's mansion, and Charnetsky goes into like one of the spare rooms, like, "Hey, where the hell's the tube box? <laughs> <laughs> where the hell is it?" I wanted to watch the I wanted to watch the fucking Stooges in here. Where's my fucking TV? <laughs> Where's my fucking TV with Puppet Master two on it? goddammit? it! Allie Oates walks in. She, you know she's she's gotten out of the uh, the the clothes covering at this point. You know she's <laughs> back in her regular uh, outfit, and she's like, "Geez, Charnitsky, you're a damn wizard. Why don't you just snap your fingers and make a new one?" And he's just like, you know. People ask me the same thing about why we keep killing Dobby. We could just make the chunky chicken. We could just make it. But you know what? It's not the same. It's not the fucking same, Mally. I'm not that kind of wizard, okay? Also, she's not in her rags because she's not on patrol in Star City with her son, Ragman. Well, right. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) She's got to go to her other job, you know, investigating uh, Kyoshi and other demonic children. Yes, exactly. Yeah. If I don't. Touch it. I don't know anything about it. So here I go. God, imagine if she touched one of the wizard's robes, like the nightmare fuel that would just be Ugh. injected into her at that moment. I feel like if she touches Charnetsky's robe, it's just like that scene from society where everybody's melding into each other, but like with chicken. Oh no. You know, it's just, it's just the, the shit that Cartman sees in that one episode where he thinks he's a psychic, where it's just like people pouring syrup over over chicken. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, I don't want this question answered. I, 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 I don't, don't want to know what she sees when she touches these men. In any capacity. She touches Haggerty's and it's just a scene from Event Horizon. Like- she just gets really high <laughs> on cocaine. So we, so we cut back to the fucking pit of shit. And um, Carl wakes up. And they're like, wikey wakey, hands off, snikey. Get it? It's a jacking off joke. <laughs> Get it? You're touching your dick when you're sleeping. So Carl's like, yeah. Uh, so I went to t- I went to Jake, and he told me like where to find you guys for like opal mining and stuff. Uh, by the way, uh, you ever hear like this American woman? What happened to her? And they're like, what? He's like, uh, yeah, there was an American woman that came up here. He's like, I don't know what you're. They're like, we don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Kind of a weird thing to bring up out of nowhere, there, friend. Yeah, I thought you were hunting ruse. You're not talking about Beth Winters, are you? <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't happen to know her personally, would you? What was your name again? Carl Winters, you said. Uh, yeah, no relation, none, none, none at all. It's just a weird, weird, right? <laughs> no, my name's Bill. Bill Denver. I'm the from the uh, Canadian Winters. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right not the american winters so yeah so then they gear up to go fucking kangaroo hunting at like night and he's like yeah you better put a fucking blanket on mate because it's cold as shit dude they drive around and their whole plan of killing these things is like have carl stand <laughs> like up and in stand up in the car through the sunroof with a spotlight yeah to like find the rue and then they shoot it yeah so, th- so they uh, they do find the quote unquote Rue. Yeah, there's there, they go to this spot where there's like a fucking car in a tree and shit. <laughs> I'm like, how the fuck did that car get there? I don't know. Mysteries, uh, movie magic, clearly. So he's holding the spotlight on this kangaroo and Dico, like or Dicko, whatever the fuck you say. It shoots this kangaroo, but it's like not dead, and it's just like screaming in the background. Yeah. But then that's another movie where the kangaroo goes after Dico for revenge. <sighs> Yep. Well, the whole thing is when he goes, he shoots the gun, uh, Carl, who acts like a tough guy this whole time about killing deer and this, that, and the other thing, he gets scared from the gunshot and drops the spotlight which causes uh dicko to fucking miss his shot and basically just maim this thing Mm -hmm. and then he like barfs all over dicko's head and like yeah yeah you're so tough when you're hunting deer huh does this happen when you're hunting deer who has no reaction to being puked on by the way no he's like oh he goes oh that's great he says he says some shit like that's charming or some shit he's like ah free mail they're like oh you gotta kill it and they're like no mate he's he's it's already over like you know we can't do anything with it right it's gonna die eventually we don't give a shit so he fucking takes a cleaver, and he goes out, and he fucking chops this thing's head off. And then he's just, like, completely in shock that he had to do that. And they just, like, leave him there. They're like, we'll be back in, like, six hours. Good luck. He's like, do you chuck up when you shoot deer, then? Stay here. Yeah, they leave him with just, like, a blanket, and he is, like, curling up next to this kill, I guess, like, out of shock, and also to warm up. Dude, he fucking tauntaun sleeping bags this thing, and I thought they smelled better on the outside. Well... Apparently not because he has this nightmarish dream. He has well he has this crazy dream but then like it's not a dream. Well it's like a mix. He he basically is like imagining like a bunch of animals are chasing him and shit and like even the razorback gets inserted into it yeah and then like dico shows up and like blows his brains out and then like he wakes up because he hears like pigs right and there's also like slow-mo shots of like those brothers bringing down a cleaver yeah and stuff like that. it's it's weird it's trippy it's very surreal and it, and, and again it just it's a it's a testament to the filmmaking like it's just shot and done really well i was gonna say i wasn't sure if it was if it was this or the thing that happened like in a few minutes oh it's gonna it's coming in a second (laughs) so he starts running through the night in the middle of the bush just like out wherever and he keeps tripping by the way like he continuously is tripping in mud and over fencing and barbed wire fencing and like just busting his ass and more barbed wire fencing yeah and he like now this is where i thought that this was the original place where jake's home was because that weather vane is there again that weather vane tower oh yeah i didn't even think of that you might be onto something so maybe and like that's why the boar fucking ran through the house in the first place maybe like made it like it's home essentially and then just like from two years of erosion from a house burning in that location we get this mud pit yeah i mean it could be i don't i'm not sure but there's like a shack and there's like a weather vane i could see it though and there's like a big thing of like water like mud shit water hole and he ends up climbing this weather vane and like falls asleep and uh he's woken up by raised like other like smaller pigs like razorbacks like fucking hitting the fucking weather vane and like knocking it around hey meets back on the table boys <laughs> shit's fucking scary dude it's fucked up because they like they push this thing over into and he like falls into this fucking shithole water and the pigs are trying to go after him and i guess they can't swim and he like he's like yeah fuck you you can't swim can you (laughs) i was waiting for an alligator or a croc to come out yeah (laughs) for people who think that pigs are harmless pigs are fucking terrifying because people will disappear by falling into their pig pens and being devoured by their own pigs, all right? Pigs are, they're disgusting. Especially boars, though. Like, the wild the wild pigs, yes. they're fucking nasty as shit, dude. They will kill you and eat you. <laughs> yes. One killed Robert Baratheon. You know, he was drunk, <laughs> but it still killed him. And uh, so, so all these pigs, like, book it out of there. And he's like, huh, it's kind of interesting. Oh, by the way, what's that gigantic one I kind of saw out of the corner of my eye, but it didn't really do anything? (laughs) Huh. (laughs) I just was there. Ah, well, I guess I'm okay. Let me get out of this mud and just start, like, walking through the desert. Oh, my God, dude. So he just hoofs it back to he doesn't even know where. And he ends up, like... If there was ever a Dark Souls-ass moment in a movie, this was it. At some point, he trips and, like, face he face plants in the dirt and starts digging a hole and then just passes out in the hole. Yeah. And then it slam cuts to him walking across a fucking salt stretch. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. With a huge crack in it. Yeah! With a huge abyssal crack in the middle of it. Yeah. There's all these crazy, like, surreal landscapes with, like, flares and shooting stars, and then, like Connor said, like, he's walking across this, uh, huge, like, salt flat. Um... And it's gorgeous, by the way. <laughs> and, like, an area with, like, crystals and, like, the Fortress of Solitude or some shit. <laughs> yeah, and, like, at some point he comes across this, like, this this crudely created sculpture of a, of a horse made with nothing but horse bones and sticks. Um, no, I'm pretty sure that's Slim Razor's horse. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I like that better. It's like a mummy horse. Yeah. With his share wig. He, like, hallucinates this thing breaking through, like, the salt flat. Yeah. And, like, coming out and chasing him through the fucking desert. That's what I'm saying, man. Dark Souls. <laughs> it's like every location, re- you know, basically uh, best of hits filmed by David Lynch, you know. Richard Stanley. Yeah, lots of just angry, inhospitable, depressing landscapes. Yeah, it's fucking, it's great, though. And, and again, like, this part is very, very Stanley. And then we, we go back to, apparently, he just was not... Knocked out again, and was just imagining all that. Yeah, and then he like wakes up. He like stumbles into um, Sarah. Was a character that was introduced before, but we haven't like heard her speak at all yet. Right. But he ends up like walking towards her, and she's like in her shower outside. Was basically just like a big water tank that's outside. Yep. And he's like. Hey, and she turns around and screams, and then he just, like, faints. No, uh, no cursing. Uh, cutting back a little violence, but we definitely gotta get the tits in there somehow. They didn't show her boobs. Oh, they showed them! Uh, in my cut, they were, you. if you blinked, you would miss them. Uh, probably then, I blinked. Regardless, she's definitely naked, <laughs> and he faints. Sarah Cameron, by the way, played by Archie Whiteley, or Whitley, however you say that. And we, we cut to, a, presumably the next morning or later in the day, and he's in bed, and, uh... Tom Everett Scott's there? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> that yep <laughs> pretty much cuz we get that fake out oh, yeah. where she's sitting in the bed and she turns around and uh, admittedly like really good makeup effect for this with a uh, boar face like roars at him and then he wakes up again yeah it's it's cool it's 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 done well and she's like oh oh glad to see you awake she's like i'm sarah your new wife <laughs> <laughs> i mean uh no i'm sarah jake's daughter hello my name's dr angelo and you're my new wife <laughs> It's weird yeah. how this relationship uh, blossoms, let's say. I love how he's just like, yeah, whatever. She's dead. Do you Have you seen my wife? She's like, I heard she fell down a mine shaft. Yeah. And he's like, well, that's it. I'm divorced. Well, okay. Well, I'm divorced. <laughs> well, hell of a thing. <laughs> God rest her soul. <laughs> hell of a storm. And then he's like, oh, I saw a huge boar. The boar is b- as big as a rhino. Yes. And then it, like, cuts, and then, like, Jake is there, and he's like, he's like, you seen it! You saw the the boar, the Razorback! The big old RB! <laughs> the big one! <laughs> oh, I told you! Now, who is this Beth woman you keep bringing up? I'm sorry, mate. Your shield is dead. <laughs> That's it. Get over it. Yeah, in fact, he goes to, like, that mud hole looking for the Razorback, and he, uh, I mean, I'll talk about it a little more in a second, but he finds her ring basically in, in the mud hole and is like, yeah, she's definitely dead. He, well, here, before he does that, he, like, tells Carl that, like, the Razorback took his grandson. Right. And then and then Jake goes out and, and she's like, she's like, oh, you can't go by yourself. And he's like, he's my boy. I'm going to kill him by myself. Oh, yeah. And he's like, I'm bringing the big gun. She's like, bring the dark gun. And he's like, I don't need your stupid dark gun. I'm going to kill this thing. She's like, you can track it. He's like, I don't want to track it. I want to kill it. She's like, you can track it." to kill it, you dumb old man. She gave him the rifle with the appropriate equipment that Bo Derek should have given Richard Harris in Orca. Right, I guess. Instead of this honking fucking thing that he just blows the uh, the, the uh, female away the second she gets hit by it. Well, I thought he was going to trank the, the razor back. Same. But he's track... The Razorback. And I didn't realize that till later, which we'll get to. We see, like, Sarah has a pet wombat, which I thought was fucking hilarious. She also sees uh, Carl in the shower, you know, a little payback. Yeah, she's like, hey, how you doing? You trying to drown the flies or whatever? And he's like, ha ha, I don't know what that means. (laughs) I'm Canadian. I don't get it. She, like, gives him her dad's clothes and stuff. And then we get, like, a little um, expedition. She's like, yeah, my mom died last year. And then we get this, we get a lore dump about why, or something's going on with the Razorbacks. Now, what she does is she kind of, like, captures them and tags them and then, like, releases them and studies them. Right. She makes a comment, like, the sicker they get, the hungrier they become, and she's, like, been finding teeth, and she even, like, extracted, like, a stress ulcer from one of them, and they're like, oh, what? I guess pigs get stressed out or whatever. It's weird because we don't really ever get an answer as to why... The Razorback is so big; it's just literally just because it's like an aberration. Yeah, like it's literally like it's a it's a natural freak of nature. Like, oh yeah, it's an absolute it's it's a it's a quagmire in the natural structure. Like it's it's it should not exist. And like like I said, that list of boars before, but like also like every once in a while you'll come across like especially like a predator. Mm-hmm. Like a good example is Gustav the crocodile in Africa. Yes, he's like thirty fucking feet long. Like apparently apparently seventy years old and is massive and extremely aggressive and no one really knows why. Um, the thing with that is like reptiles keep growing as long as they stay alive. Yeah. But he's he's bigger than most of his other reptiles around him. He's also so dangerous that apparently like people have seen hippos swim away from him. Holy shit, dude. To the point about like the other warthogs, uh, the other Razorbacks, like why they're stressed and why they're acting the way they are, I think is indirectly because of the, the main Razorback because oh, it's yeah. basically like, you know, the main patriarch or patriarch i guess we don't ever really know one way or the other sure and they're all afraid of it because every time it comes on the scene they get the fuck out of dodge oh totally i just wanted to put that i just want to put that out there because they don't it's not like man-made mutation right it's not like oh yeah it's not like alligator like the movie alligator or something like that it's just like a natural occurrence (laughs) Quote-unquote. <laughs> but then we cut to Jake, yeah. Sure, and then Jake's down at this, like, mud hole. Which is where uh, he was uh, the first time. Yes, yes, and also where Carl was stuck previously. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, he's got a rifle with him, and he's kind of, like, scouting the whole area. And he sees behind, like, some fucking debris the Razorback. And I shit you not, he he lowers this rifle, stares into the camera, and just goes jesus wept (laughs) he sure does (laughs) he like freaks out and he like takes all his dogs and like lets them go and he's like we're just gonna take a lot to take this bugger down and he fucking like yeah all all his dogs by the way that he only names one of them so i guess he doesn't give as much of a shit about the rest he's like all right spider and others (laughs) attack (laughs) 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 and he's just like unloading into this fucking razorback that's just sitting there yeah like minding its own business, it's like Snorlax, and it's just like getting peppered by this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, he, so, so he, he's like, oh yeah, the dot, and he fucking raises the dart and shoots the dart, and then just screams off into the distance when it runs away. In, in a very comical edit, I must add. Um, uh, yeah, they like freeze, they like freeze frame and push in on him, dude. It made me think of that music video. I don't know the song, but. I'm you guys probably know what I'm talking about, where that guy's just like, Whoa! like that cowboy guy's singing and just screaming. I have no idea. I have no clue. I'll insert a clip. It'll make more sense in post than it does now. <laughs> So Jake, like, takes a uh, a plaster cast of, like, the, the hoof print or the whatever you want to call it. Right. What he tried to do earlier but efficiently this time. Now I got proof. He's like, now I didn't have plaster then, but now I got plaster. <laughs> and uh, I was thinking to myself, like, why didn't he just bring a fucking camera with him? Well, he's old school, man. He doesn't, you know, he just goes out there with a gun. He doesn't think with his head. Well, because the, the, the nearest person who has a camera is probably two miles away. The nearest person who has a camera got eaten alive. Yeah, but he would, like, procure a camera at some point. You would think right he's like well you know i saw that american lady with a camera and she got fucking eaten alive so i'm good i'm not chancing it well sure so he he ends up so it gets away and he ends up like finding like judy's or excuse me beth's remains like in the mud yes and that's how he gets like her wedding ring or i think it was actually the ring he gave her before she left yes like her anniversary gift and he tells carl and he's like hell of a thing sorry (laughs) he goes don't believe me now that's all he cares about. <laughs> Look, you'll find love again. Hello, Sarah. Have you met my daughter? He's got like faint tears. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm so broken up about it. Hi, you're also blonde. <laughs> then Sarah, I mean, she's already been kind of painted as like a researcher, but then she goes full Oracle as like dad's like, all right, I, got, I shot it with the dart. Well, can you pull up where it is? She's like, all right, don't mind if I do. Goes on the computer and has, like, a grid program pulled up. He's like, yep, it's right here. This is some fucking Tremors 2 shit, dude. I, I love the close-ups of her fingers hammering the keys <laughs> on her little keyboard. Yeah. It's like the hacking scene. <laughs> it's awesome because it's, like, a mechanical keyboard, so it's like, chaka 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 chaka. It also looks like whatever is on her screen is just, like, a filament gel, like, placed over the screen, and it looks like like she has, like, uh, what is it? An overhead projector-like sheet that she lays over the computer screen. A transparency. And so that acts as her map and then the computer, like, that's a map of the area and, yeah, her screen has, like, a blip that she can track. But, like, again, like, the Tremors 2 thing, like, when fucking Earl and Grady are, like, chasing the fucking Graboids with their little TV in their fucking truck. Yes. That's the same shit as this movie. Excuse my French. Pardon my French. Uh, we also I think here is where we find out if you didn't hear that uh line earlier in the film that his wife was uh six months pregnant yeah and i'm like oh wow she wasn't showing that's for sure a lot of fetal death in season three of movie dumpster i'm just gonna say we uh a lot of movies where the baby doesn't make it is that like the year of the fetus like the like the chinese thing where you're like yeah my also my point to that is like it is an easy trope to fall on so it's no wonder why we've come across it so many times it's just funny how frequently it's been coming up lately Maybe not funny. Funny is probably the wrong word. Well, it's funny because they all congregate together in the same spot. They go to, like, the fetus bar. Oh, no. (laughs) No, Well, you know, the suckling... (laughs) When it gets done with its game of cards with the MDU's APA, Cumdar and... uh, With the chuds. Corpse fucker, obviously. You know, it goes to the local bar. You know, they have the clown bar and Shakes the Clown, but there's also a fetus bar. (laughs) Clown bar. You know, the the bartender there is just, uh, you know... uh, uh, an eight month long uh, abortion. And so, you know, to put that horrible visual in your mind, serving drinks. This is me distancing myself from that joke. <laughs> um, I'm just going to end it there because I could take this in some pretty dark places. In fact, I think I already have. But you know, the beings there. Yeah. The sucklings there. The orklings there. They're all there. You know what? Honestly, even Richard Harris is no one's son. <laughs> uh, that His unborn son or daughter is there. And now, Beth and Carl's. Baby is there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. In that in that uh boar fetus in that jar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> wow. So Jake has the tracker and he goes out again to uh go hunt the razorback and then Carl is going to leave home the next day and all that kind of shit. Yeah, he's kind of just like, I came out to find out what happened to my wife. I found out what happened to her. I have nothing else to gain here. So I'm just gonna go home. Bye. This man, Jake. Honestly, I didn't see this coming at all, and I felt so fucking bad for this guy. I know. Well, the, in the bar back in town, Sarah is talking to one of the dudes over the CB, I think the tow truck guy, and Benny and Dicko are in the fucking bar, and he, and she makes a comment like, oh, Jake might know what happened to that American woman, and they overhear that. So then, right. while Jake is out hunting or waiting for the, for the uh, Razorback TM to show up, They go out there and they're like, "Oh, we gotta, we gotta fucking kill him." So they go out there and um, he's like asleep, and um, they hold him up at gunpoint, and they end up like uh, Benny, like ends up like hitting him over the head with his rifle, and then basically just like, "Well, what are you gonna do, Duko? Are you gonna fucking kill him or what?" He ends up taking like a fucking hatchet and like breaking, like 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 smashing this guy's kneecap, so. Mind you, Jake's first run in with the Razorback, we forgot to mention, but it, like, broke his leg, so he has, like, a fake leg, or, like, it doesn't work. So now both of his legs don't work. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, like, in the middle of the fucking bush, and he can't move. And he's he's KO'd while he does this. So not only does he have his leg basically made useless, crippled by these assholes, for no reason, really, other than that he might tell on them yeah he might tell on them and he's like he's like cops what are you even talking about right well he wakes up after he was knocked out like in the morning so you know first of all thank god he didn't get eaten alive at that point (gasps) well sure yeah but he sees the injury and then the, the adrenaline must be rushing through his body and he just screams in agony and just like total defeat like why me like it's it's heart-wrenching when he's he's clutching one of his dogs um spider yeah he's clutching spider uh and it pans out and benny and dicko have killed the other two dogs yes And at at this point i was like i want just like an avalanche to kill these two fucks yeah i know dude and then like jake sends uh spider like to go get sarah and he like runs oh my god he runs away to go get sarah sarah is seeing off carl at the bus stop and then she drives away they're like okay and like carl like kisses her and we're whatever yeah like dude beth who i was yeah. i I lean back i was like homeboy your wife has been confirmed dead for about eight hours yeah and you're just like here here you go right on the lips there see you later everybody grieves differently i think we say that often (laughs) enough on this show um but like calm the fuck on man some people grieve and other people just kind of wipe their brain like the stepfather other people move right on yeah you mean she was just shot out of its body okay that's good enough for me wipe the tears away well see ya no like like joe said he's part of the stepfather program he just gets reset yeah no they gets that how do howard book and his orientation he's a winter stepfather now yep he fucking just is just like yep yeah, well she's my wife now but he's, his cover driven she's like she's like report for animals <laughs> camera, Razorback. You say it's his wife now, and that kind of lines up with uh, Unlucky Leprechaun, how he just met this woman and they were together by the end of the film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how to Howard is a winter stepfather? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he Yeah, well, he writes the books. I mean, he wrote the book! He wrote the book on how to do it! He's the guy at the beginning that fucking, um... That Zemo is, like, dunking underwater. Housewares. Do it yourself. (laughs) Leprechaun. DIY. (laughs) Warwick Davis. Longing. (laughs) Furnace. Ireland. So after we get this heart-wrenching scene of this guy with his dead dogs and his leg just totally fucked uh, we get another great scene where uh, these Mad Max brothers just run over Spider just for fun. Uh, fucking hated it. Yeah, so Spider's, like, running to go get Sarah, and they just fucking run it over. And then it, one of them, he was like, why'd you do that? And he's like, I don't know, it's for fun. <laughs> I did it because I wanted to. And Sarah, as she goes to leave, she sees the dead dog and is like, oh, fuck. And she she whips the car back around to get Carl, and they speed to Jake's location. Yeah. And this guy is, like... Dude, he is pushing hard to stay alive. He is crawling through the fucking pig shit and all this stuff to get to this like shed, this water shed or generator shed rather, this pump shed. Jake is a fucking badass. By the way, this mud pit, I think, is this Boar's like kill pit. Yeah. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Like just from all the shit that I keep seeing in it, like it reminded me of um uh the Ghost in the Darkness cave they discover where it's just like they were dragging bodies back and just stripping the flesh off of them. Oh yeah, this is where it goes and fucking bathes in the fucking mud hole and shit or whatever and eats its. fish. Yeah, because he he drags himself uh, through the mud, basically scaring off, like, the regular warthogs by, like, just throwing bones and shit at them, and he gets to, like, this generator, and there's, like, this real small runoff that he's just using to get any kind of water in his system and to clean his face off, and, uh, unfortunately for Jake, uh, It's time for him to punch his ticket. It's his Ahab moment. Yeah? Okay, so you guys are never going to believe what's in the uncut version of this scene. Just in the way it was cut on my version, I was like, there's shit missing here. Um, I didn't think anything of it, but I'm I'm interested to hear. So what happens is so in the in the regular cut or or in the cut version uh the boar goes in and we again like we have that stupid freeze frame thing with it like zooms in and then it like cuts to outside and you just hear the pig like eating him right oh yeah that's what i saw yeah the uncut version this fucking thing goes inside and bites jake's fucking head off what whoa yeah it bites his fucking head off. Uh, you know, I I felt like two dollars was a little bit too cheap, and I I guess it was because I got fucked out of a better movie. <laughs> dude bites his fucking head right off and he's like squirming around and shit and then it just like spits his head on the ground wow why was this cut I don't know and then uh it's on the VHS it's not on the DVD for whatever reason not in the DVD cut right the restored cut so Carl and Sarah pull up and when they go in to see Jake you know how they like see his body but they don't you know, actually see it right yeah well it there's a quick cut where it shows his head just like covered in dirt and like fucking flies and shit like detached from his body wow oh Oh, this movie also had a roadside picnic. Oh, yeah, it sure did. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's, you know, this is kind of blowing me away a little bit. This hasn't happened too often on this show, but, uh, yeah, I feel like I got kind of... uh, Cheated. Cheapened out of a better film. It's rare that we come across... I think, like, Guyver was one of the first instances where, like, we saw a cut that I distinctly remember watching a different one when i was younger which had far more graphic violence and like yeah. it's rarely we come across a movie where like an extended almost necessary much more visually pleasing death scene is removed it altogether right i mean i'm, I'm over exaggerating my point a little bit i don't think it's like that huge of a deal but like that seems kind of like i was surprised it works in the version that i saw but that's way better yeah i was just surprised i was like wow that's significant because everything else is kind of like alright but like that was like a significant cut sure also PS I think the only for Giver specifically there is the VHS version is uncut and then the only other uncut version is the German Blu-ray yeah like even the Arrow Blu-ray is cut for whatever reason yeah which is so bizarre because like I just think remember seeing a version of that movie that had like I think it's the warehouse fight scene where right before uh, Sean has his unit ripped out like he grabs one of those zoonoids by the arms Breaks his wrist. There's a spray of blood, and then I think he blows its head up with its guy with his head laser. Like it's I remember that, and then the version we watched didn't have that shit at all. Specifically when he cuts the fucking uh the the chick's arm off, the like the the where parrot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, they don't show that in that cut. So yeah, Carl sees like on the ground uh, in the area like these uh these cuts in the ground, and he remembers back to where Benny was throwing this cleaver into the ground and he he correlates like oh shit they were either there or you know they didn't help him or something they they were in the area essentially yeah so carl fucking just dri- jumps in the fucking jeep i don't know where sarah goes but he fucking drives oh okay so yeah that um, this becomes two revenge missions at this movie because yeah carl is going to benny and dicko because one like He's always had. I think he's had suspicion. They know what happened to his wife and two. Like oh, for sure. Two with Jake. So and then Sarah goes to rally up the locals because they're gonna go fucking take on this razor. Uh, this Razorback. So she goes to town to get everybody together, and he goes straight to the scumbags uh, headquarters. And this is where you find out. At least this was my read on it. Was that the shitter is right there because he crashes this car into the fucking front of this this fucking. <laughs> trash heap and this guy comes out with his pants down his leg like oh, i'm taking a shit yeah so he's got him at gunpoint but somehow this he like he has like a fucking uh like ben gardner's fuck or not ben gardner uh he's got it he's got like the fucking hook from i know what you did last summer like the ice hook and or the meat hook whatever you want to call it yeah and he fucking like cuts him and he goes and he like runs into the bush so he ends up like hiding in this fucking well? It's a mineshaft! Is it a mineshaft? That's the that's the whole irony of the situation. He initially loses him in this landscape that for me is impossible to describe because uh, Connor, I know how to describe it. You remember when Piccolo fought Dr. Gero in the Android saga? <laughs> Just think about what that landscape was. This is what we have. It really is something you'd see in Dragon Ball. Like, just, like, this weird fucking wasteland of, like... But it's like it's this weird series of very small hills. It's like craters. Yeah, right. Yeah, and, like, they're just, like, two feet apart. So, like, if you were to, you know, go over the horizon running from someone, you could duck behind one of these hills and conceivably not be seen. Lay down in a little bowl? Yeah, and so that's, like... So Carl gets up, and he's essentially, he's essentially like, fuck, like, I don't know where he is looking over in this, like, this, ter- this terrain. He could be anywhere. Surprise! He's running... Right there. <laughs> yeah, and he, and he, Carl, also reveals himself to Benny too. He's like, "I'm Carl Winners, motherfucker," and he's like, "Oh shit, right? Yeah." Remember Beth Winners? Why'd you say that name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to say Beth. <laughs> the entire movie, everybody's telling this guy that his wife died by falling down a mine shaft. Well, Benny comes out of a mine shaft to attack him, and I, I guess this guy didn't think this through at all because he's like, basically, like he thinks he gets. Carl in the leg but Carl just like gets immediately back up and grabs like the lever where this guy's hanging on this cord and just lowers it further down dude and he's like oh hey hey, oh whoa hang on uh, don't drop me in this pit he's like kicking dirt in his face and shit he's like what happened to my wife and he's like you were there and he's like he's like ah, we didn't we were just finding around and and then the riser back came and he's like yeah you were fucking there and he's like throwing dirt at him and shit and like for a split second he's about to fucking pull this winch and just drop his ass but he doesn't and he walks away but the winch gives out anyway and he just plummets to his fucking death it's fucking <laughs> awesome i love that yeah falls down a mine shaft just like hendrix from mosquito no 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 i was ch- <laughs> he gets fucking hendrix straight up yeah lands down there lands in you know he lands in those tunnels that P-Head was fucking tromping around in earlier he lands right on that car table yeah this proverbial table you know like we've always said the mine you know all uh all holes lead to one place uh and it's it's the card table. All mine shafts lead to one place. I just see him like Benny Benny falls under the card table and like Cumdar just fucking like throws his hand down on top of him and he's like he's like oh, Royal <laughs> Fletcher, whatever. <laughs> I fucking Pumpkinhead, like wins the round and, and just grabs Benny and everything else off the table, like as his winnings, as his spoils. <laughs> he fucking eats this guy. It just back breaks it all into his <laughs> knee. <laughs> Pizza, wine, beer, Benny, just broken over the knee. Save that guy for later. Sarah goes back to the pub and get, and rallies the posse to shoot this fucking Razorback. I love this fucking shot. It's great. Of the camera going down the top of the bar through a tunnel of rifles. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and like she's, she's like, and everyone's quiet. They're dead silent except for the tracker ping, and she's like, found it, and they just fucking mobilize. It's awesome. So good. And, and the guy that owns the place that lent his car to Carl earlier is like, oh, I don't have a car, and the fucking camel guy oh. runs up and pulls him up on the camel. He's like, okay. It's a great gag because like he's trying to get into everybody's car, and you're like, fuck you, and they're all speeding away, and then he looks off camera, and he's like, fuck. All right, fuck it! And he gets on the back of the camel and he's like, "Follow my car!" For a character without a name, he is—he's pretty great. Bartender. Oh yeah. My big disappointment about this is that like you have this army of gunmen who are unfortunately. pretty much never seen or heard from again dude it's like it, it's a frankenstein situation without a fucking doubt like they're just there to 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 put some pressure on this uh razorback that's it well they're all about it because what happens is they get out to the spot where the tracker is and it's not the razorback it's just a regular pig and they're like oh you're full of shit fucking stupid bitch and then they go back to the fucking bar and then they just fuck off for the rest of the movie yeah and then meanwhile carl's like going you know having a death match with this thing at the fucking uh pet Well, he goes to the fucking pet pack to find Deco first, right? Yeah, who's who's dancing and jiving around? Yeah, doesn't he discover the meat grinder first? Yeah, like this big fucking propeller uh, thing. He goes to the um the cannery place and he's looking for Deco, and like Deco like pushes him and almost he almost falls into the fucking fan from Trials Play Three. Yeah, literally. And he's like pushing him in. He's trying to like push him in with the with a shovel. Deco's trying to push Carlin with a shovel, and he like gets up and goes after. Dico, and he they end up he ends up like chasing him outside, and then like Carl gets into Dico and Benny's truck and like goes to run him down, right? And he ends up like coming right up on him and shooting a spotlight in his face, and he's like ah, just like a kangaroo, eh? <laughs> and Carl comes out of the top and he's about to shoot him, and he's like ah, fucking shoot me already! You shoot me, and he like doesn't. And it's like this tense scene and it pissed me off because I wish he just shot this motherfucker right in his chest. The guy killed your wife. Like, come on. Like, you know it. Yeah, and that, that's my thing. Like, both these guys left your wife for dead and like, walking away from the dude in the mineshaft is cool and everything, but it's it's like, I won't kill you, but I don't have to save you kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. I wish he would have just like, I honestly wish he would have just fucking toe-cuttered uh, Deco with the car. Like, just ran him over. Yeah, just fucking took him out. Yeah. Instead, we have to have this elongated chase scene with Deco like running through the fucking shining uh. Man- while this thing chases him he, yeah he's running through the fucking boogan's caves yeah this razorback comes and like scares them and deco goes running and it finally catches up to him and kills him but again this is another cut scene from this film it's like in this cut it's not even that satisfying and even the cut version's not even that satisfying uh for this scumbag because like in the cut version you see him run up on him and grab him by the leg and then like pull him off screen and then the, that's like it Right. In the uncut version, you see his leg full in this fucking thing's mouth and it's like chomping on it for like a cool a cool couple seconds. And it like slams him against the wall and then like pulls him away and then all this shit. But it's not that much more than what we see in the in the uh regular cut. Still would've liked to see that. I mean, I would have liked to see his tusk like go through his stomach or something and then like Oh yeah. That would be cool. I mean fucking Jake got his head bitten off for Christ's sake. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. I didn't see either of these things, so I'm a little disappointed. I don't know. Fucking Dico got killed listening to the fucking whiz on his uh. Yeah. Yeah. On his cassette player. I come on now. he's on down, he's on down the road. Come on. Razorbacks anti wiz <laughs> He hates Michael Jackson. You know, maybe you have a better chance of survival if you didn't uh, eliminate one of your six senses while listening to the fucking whiz. <laughs> yeah, right. One of the key ones. <laughs> yeah, he like put on these fucking headphones. Yeah. Then. Carl goes back to, like, the pet pack, I guess, to try to get away from the Razorback, and just, like... Dude, I guess he doesn't understand, like, the clearance on this vehicle or something. <laughs> the clearance? He hits, like, a catwalk, and this thing just tips to the left and hits the ground. He runs into a bunch of fucking drums, like, steel drums, and then just, like, flips over. Uh, whoops, I, I forgot how to drive for a half a second, and it and it was a big deal. Uh, I don't usually drive Twisted Metal vehicles, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm on the wrong side of the road whose fucking car is this minions come on oh man so he escapes into the cannery and the fucking thing comes after him and he, and he drops this big metal grate and uh, or metal sheet uh, door whatever you want to call it and it rams the hell out of it you just see it being indented from his perspective yeah it's cool and then like he climbs up this catwalk and this fucking thing blows through the window and it's like hunting him around this thing it's really cool it's like the first I mean you've seen it before but it's like one of the first times you really get a good look at this thing it really is attributed to to how this scene is lit, too. Like, the atmosphere in this fucking cannery is so creepy and it makes the boar extra creepy, like the Razorback. Well, it's like it has a lot of this, uh, you know, fog and dust throughout. And, you know, again, like I, we were talking about earlier, how nasty this place looks to begin with. Yeah. And, like, that Child's Play 3 fin specifically has a very distinct and purposeful. Uh, red light on it yeah and everything else is like blue giant red light emanating from the inside of it it's very cool it's stylized but it like looks great like it doesn't look cheap agreed and sarah arrives from outside well carl's up on this fucking catwalk and he's like throwing glass bottles at this thing (laughs) right right he's looking for the chloroform like that guy was in the being (laughs) yeah and then Sarah rolls up and she's like where are you Coral and he's, he's and he's like oh shit he's like get out of here the fucking boar ends up like ramming the catwalk and it like breaks and he like falls down oh man this was really cool this 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 gave me a little bit of the uh if I had to make any point of comparison to jaws this scene a little bit yeah the quint where it's like he's like sliding down the catwalk into this thing's mouth kind of yeah exactly but i i really like this scene because he doesn't get eaten by it and he gets the fuck back up there. And then this thing's just like, ah, this guy's too much trouble. I'm just going <laughs> to go for the yelling woman outside. Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> the screaming woman. The boar uh, or the Razorback goes after this woman. And then, like, Carl goes to distract it to, like, throw it off to get it to gum after him. Yeah. And she, like, disappears into the cannery. And we don't see her again until the end of the movie. I thought. She died, and I was actually really upset. I thought so, too, and they kind of play it up like that. She's screaming, and her screaming just stops. She just stops. Yeah, it just stops, and, like, it trails off. The It's like, oh, she's dead. And like Carl's like hey, new wife. <laughs> no, I now I gotta find another one in five minutes. I, I I can't find a new a new blonde woman this soon. Somebody walks by. Oh hey, how you doing? Yeah, but then Carl kind of goes into a rage as if she's dead. Right. Well, I think it's really like you know, audience members, us included, could be sitting there saying, oh, she might actually be dead, but you know, no body, no death. So you're kind of like, sure. You could go either way on it. But as far as he's concerned, this thing killed her. Sure. Well, but the way this thing's been displaying its kills in the in the film, you would think that oh well. just off screen because that's how we've done the other two you know sure yeah but yeah so he like (laughs) Carl picks up like a shovel to go after this thing he's like come on motherfucker I saw Simon Basel do this with a (laughs) much with a much smaller creature I think this will do he fucking hits this thing in the face with a shovel and runs away this is like whenever the big show like back in the day was in a hardcore match and someone like hit him in the face with like one of those trash can lids and he just stood there and was like really yeah oh yeah Yeah. I'm seven feet tall you you doof. And then fucking Carl does, like, his best, like, Lost World uh trick. And he fucking, he, he goes to go swing on this fucking pipe and, like, burns his hands and, like, falls off and the fucking thing breaks. You know, he forgot to uh, let the, uh, let us know that he had a back, uh, he had a background in gymnastics. He forgot to uh, mention that up to this point. <laughs> he was like, oh, damn it, I was never trained for hot bars. Oops. But impromptu weapon now it's the host oh yeah here we go so yeah so the razorback comes after him and he has this broken pipe which he jams into this thing's mouth and i love this because it just keeps coming towards him as its thing is like it lodging in its throat it's kind of perfect because it's one of those situations where it's like no matter what you've thrown at this thing the entire movie it just keeps coming at you. Oh yeah. But you're you're finally in such a position that if you don't do something it's going to kill you and I love that because that's where you finally get that that uh it doesn't kill it, but it's the most damaging thing that that anyone does to it the entire movie is him just jamming this rebarb into it. Oh, yeah. Uh, two things. So this is also another cut portion of the movie. So he stabs this thing in the neck, and it, like, shoots some blood on the wall. Yeah. And then he, like, gets away. In the uncut version, this thing is spurting blood out of its mouth into his face, like, six times. Oh, my God. Damn. Yeah. And then the other thing is, I think... Don't they kill the crocodile in Rogue the same way? I think so. With like a with like a pipe through the head or some shit. Well, and yeah, I was I mentioned the host because in the movie the host like no one has any chance of doing any damage to this thing, and then like what is perceived to be the most weak, meager character in the entire film finishes this thing off with a giant piece of fucking rebar in its mouth. Yeah. Yep. Great movie, by the way. God, that movie's so good. It's super satisfying. I love that sequence. I mean, you know, I don't want to go off on a host side tangent you should just go see it if you haven't yeah but i think the reason why that works and it's different it's different than this but at the same time i get what you mean connor uh it was more about the teamwork in that scenario because you had the sister who was like the marksman expert and the and the brother who's throwing the molotov cocktails and yeah yeah the dad being uh the amazing actor that he is i forget his name and it's killing me that i'm it's not coming to me he was in Parasite and a bunch of other movies. Yeah, yeah, he's in Parasite, No Piercer, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. Um he's astounding and like he murders this thing with tears in his eyes because it killed his daughter. But yeah, no, 100% agree. It's like the end of Terminator 1, you know, where you know Sarah Connor is just like fighting for her fucking life and she's just doing whatever she can to do a little bit of damage to this thing. It's great. He uh, he gets away from it, you know, in in the version I saw he didn't get blood spurted all over him like The Exorcist first. But he gets this brilliant idea, and you kind of uh, figure it out with him as he's watching. You know, basically, there's a lot of these. Um, it's a conveyor belt. Yeah, conveyor belt. And he and he kind of figures out in his head. Okay, if I can get this thing to go in the in the fan blade. Yeah, that's that. And you know, he he does this without saying anything. It's all visual. The first thing though is the fu- this thing like. Sh- slams itself into like this electrical panel and fucking electrocutes itself (laughs) yeah just to add insult to injury yeah here's the thing i thought because when they first they foreshadowed the fan blade and then it rammed itself and shocked itself i'm like wait hold on what's happening is is it gonna die from electrocution or is it gonna die for the fan blade i think that's the whole thing like you know it you stabbed it in the throat you electrocuted it and it still keeps on coming time is but a door death is but a window I'll be back. <laughs> Death has been a door. Time is a window. I will be Razorback. <laughs> oh, oh, Yeah. <laughs> and I think the whole reason it gets electrocuted is just to set all this equipment into overheating. Yeah. I guess the idea is that because all this equipment is overheating due to the uh, electrical box going off is that this fan is now moving way faster than it would normally. Yep. Charles Lee Ray's up on a fucking mountain of skulls right next to it. (laughs) Yeah. Trying to fucking put his soul into Tyler. Oh my god, the most annoying character. Ever. Eh, Tyler deserved it. <laughs> Tyler, Tyler deserved to become Charles Lee Ray. Justin Whalen standing there with a revolver ready to fire. This is a stupid fucking kid. I'm sorry. Charles. Yeah, sorry, Charles. Have you seen Charles? He wants to play hide the soul. <laughs> is that what they're calling it now? He wants to play steal my body. <laughs> is that also what they're calling it now? <laughs> Good Lord. So Carl's like, come on, motherfucker. Smile, you son of a bitch. (laughs) And he fucking, like, fucks with this boar and, like... He might as well have. So it, like, runs up the fucking conveyor belt and, uh... Carl, like, jumps onto a pig and, like, swings out of the way, like, that's hanging up in the slaughterhouse. And it is, like, again... Low-budget movie, I get it, but this key is fucking bad. Oh, yeah. Of him swinging while this thing gets like, eviscerated in the fan blade. Yeah, it, and then it just gets, he get like, fucking right down the garbage disposal, this fucking thing goes. It's cool on paper, and the concept is great. I love the fact that, like, he beats this giant animal by knocking into a giant fucking blade of death, but... Sure. The way it's shot is a little janky. And there's no cut scenes here right so I guess like it just didn't look right for the most part it probably looked a lot better like when they were planning it and then when in the execution of like I still think it looks really cool it's just him hanging on that pig looks a little shitty yeah yeah and th- there's also a, uh, this like weird continuity issue with me where so the boar is chasing him head on but when you see it in the fan blades it is sticking with its head out as if it went in backwards and I was like how did that happen yeah ow you yeah, no, I didn't think of that but I'm assuming it's because like this boar puppet this boar effect was probably 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 like semi-complete for certain shots and maybe complete for others and like what they probably did was take like you know why why destroy uh you know this giant full-size puppet when we have this half of one or we can you know make a cruder smaller version that we can chop up in this fucking prop blade it's also it's probably it's also probably a thing where like well if you put it in head first then you're not gonna hear it's death the thr- the death throes you know what i mean yeah also it's more visually pleasing to see its head go under and be consumed because like you're it's the, the, you know the face is how you identify it so you see it get sucked in it's more satisfying yeah totally i mean it is an aberration of a creature we don't know it could have been midair went to go grab him and it made a full 180 in the air it's possible or maybe maybe its ass has a face (laughs) ass without a face (laughs) (laughs) it's its own cat dog yeah it's i mean we've never seen the back of this thing maybe it does have a big old fucking you know it's like that guy with two faces it could either way it's fucking dead yo it's very fucking dead Uh, unless unless Again, you know, John Hurt is always waiting in the wings for magical creatures to get under his employment. Uh, you know, Carl might have seen that thing get chopped to pieces, but I honestly think it just was sent through a portal and, and Hurt sent some ground beef through the other side to fucking throw Carl off his game. Could be. And uh, he goes into uh, Hurt's uh, museum or, or zoo or whatever he uses. <laughs> Hurt's menagerie. Hurt's got, like, the fucking the cabin in the woods... Uh... <laughs> Cell blocks. Yeah, I was gonna say he's like Professor Oak's fucking house where he's just got them all frolicking around, but that might not work out so well. It'd <laughs> be a fucking nightmare. Um, oh my god, he puts him in a master ball? Maybe. Yeah. Um, I was just saying, like Pinhead walks up and like arranges its face together on the floor, I'm like <laughs> you know, like the end of fucking Pinhead, like the end of uh, of Uncle Frank. Yeah, Jesus wept. So the old man's boiler is about to explode. So um. <laughs> so- So Carl runs up there, and he fucking Fonzies this thing with a two-by-four and stops the explosion. Yeah, as he hits it, he goes, oh, fudge! (laughs) But he didn't say fudge. He said the F-dash-dash-dash word. (laughs) (laughs) So Carl, like, is like, all right, I defeated the pig. And he, like, is walking out. And then Sarah drops out of seemingly the fucking Hellraiser dimension because she's coated and she's covered in chains. Yeah, what... What is this? It's like a jump scare. And then she's like, and then you're like, oh my God, she's dead. And then like he pulls her out and she's like smiles or some shit. And he's he's like, oh, she's not dead freeze frame my only theory is that she was running from this thing got herself caught in chains and got strung up somehow but then like what do what pulley did she run into that then dragged her upwards and wrapped her in chains like what was surter hiding in the background I- and just like <laughs> threw in a cage like the only thing i could even think of is that this thing fucking lifted it in the air or lifted her in the air and she went flying into these chains but even that i i have no fucking clue it almost feels like a um uh what's his face from uh deep rising where it's like they were supposed to be dead and then like they, you know, after maybe, like, a single viewing or, like, reviewing the footage or a test viewing, sort of like... Joey. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, Joey. Like, yeah, like, that sucks. That person should live. Your fucking razorback almost cut me in half, man. Yeah. I'm of two minds of this because I'm kind of glad she survived after everything that happened in this movie, but also it just kind of cheapens it because this thing just, like, totally eviscerates and destroys anything in its path, but this one person gets away because it's convenient for the plot. Not even that. I think it's cheap because, like... We, again, like, this guy never really grieves, you know? Like, I wanted him to lose everything. Yeah, you know, he finally found you know, not finally, he literally just found somebody else as soon as he found out she was dead. (laughs) He finally found the woman he's looking, looking for. And then at that point, I was like, oh, well, I hope they both die. Uh, You know, I guess he gets his happy ending. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jake's still dead. Uh, he killed those two, uh poachers and, and is not gonna have any consequences brought against him but then we f- we fucking freeze frame on carl's face smiling and we cut to credits yeah as they're about to make out and uh probably fuck right in that dirty factory oh yeah so uh so where are we putting this uh shelf that's not with any uh trepidation or anything uh, i don't know why i dragged it out like that <laughs> this movie's fun <laughs> Um, I don't think it's perfect by any stretch. It's got some weird editing. Got some, or like I said, in the version we watched, it's got some weird cuts. And like I said, the climax is a little, a little janky looking. But I don't know. Sometimes that doesn't really detract from film's quality, Uh, this movie is kind of uh, bonkers in a weird Australian way. It's kind of like how I said Orca is bonkers in a weird, like, Irish, uh, like, you know, like, even British way, um, because it's a a weird interpretation of, like, a killer animal movie. I wouldn't say this is weird, but certainly fun and kind of surreal. It's not really all that tense, it's just... It's super interesting though, because a wild like a giant fucking killer pig is not an animal you usually associate with like a giant monster animal movie, and it's just got that like like I said like the Mad Max charm where people are gross and detestable and you kind of can't wait to see them get dismantled but uh yeah, shelf, if I had to put it between two things, I honestly don't know what the fuck I would do there. <laughs> I have no idea where to put this with anything else because I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like it before. Yeah, it's it's strange. Um, shelf for me as well. Um, I love this movie for a few reasons. The first and foremost being it's just gorgeous. Like, some of the shit in this film is just, like, draw, jaw-droppingly beautiful. Like it's very osploitative in where it feels like Mad Max and like a Richard Stanley film, like, like dust devil or like hardware, like Connor was saying, uh, or like death warmed up. Yeah. Like all of that kind of, Put together, um, it's like a fever dream with a giant fucking boar that kills people. I love the setting. I love the atmosphere. I think the characters are good. I like th- the story is interesting enough to keep me invested in them. I hate. I kind of hate Carl though. <laughs> yeah. 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 Carl. Carl sucks. Carl sucks. <laughs> um I wish like he. J- I wish like he didn't even come and it, it, we just we just like immediately went to like like I wish. I wish that Beth and Jake got on a little bit more and then, like, he was a little... Like, he witnessed her, like, die or something like that. Like, that would have been more interesting to me. Uh, Like, he took that personally, too. Like, he could have saved her or something. Yeah. I would have even taken Sarah as the de facto main character after that. Sure, sure. And again, like, it's not super bloody... But all of that is made up for in the filmmaking because this is a very, very well-made movie. I wouldn't call it art house, um, but it's definitely like a surrealistic drama horror Uh, if it's, it's a weird, it's a weird one to put that under or like how to describe it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, it's, I, I love it. I think it's great. It's, you know, it does sag in, in, in a couple places, but it's not, uh, I'm never, I'm never bored with it, I guess. And it definitely doesn't feel like Jaws or should even be compared to Jaws, uh, just to round that fucking base out. And if I, if I was going to put it on the shelf, I would put it between maybe like Grizzly and Orca. I think that's about the size of it because it's like Grizzly is more like this film without the without the like the revenge of the guy or or, like Jake's element in this film is not in Grizzly, but it kind of feels like Grizzly in terms of a giant like like a giant animal like a predatory animal uh, in this area, and then for Orca it's kind of the flip where. Orca is the is the, the, the sort of hero getting revenge on the animal, which is Nolan, and then this film kind of is right in the center there where the Razorback is considered the bad guy and Jake is getting revenge on the Razorback, which he doesn't actually do, but it, for the most of the film it plays that way. Um, yeah, Shelf, love it. Well, the streak is broken. Oh, no, no! Oh, fuck, I knew it was coming! This is a dumpster movie. Oh, no! Um, I you know, I honestly will put this on the same level as something as the suckling, which I previously had put on the shelf and still do believe is on the shelf really from a quality standpoint really yeah, because I think I'll, I'll tell you why so I think the titular razorback is fucking he it, it it looks awesome the uh the way they built this creature and portrayed it I think is really well done. Um, The lighting in this film and the cinematography is really good. There's some shots specifically earlier in the film that I love where there's like a windmill going with a huge light behind it that's just creating these awesome effects on screen. And, you know, I I like the character of Jake, and I I liked Beth quite a bit. I thought she was actually a really engaging uh, heroine. And then you got to pull the psycho angle, and we get stuck with this fucking loser Carl for the rest of the film. And, uh, you know, I, I don't hate this film by any stretch of the imagination. It is like surface-level dumpster. I just want to get out of the way and say that. But do I... You know, I compare it to The Suckling just because that's, like, probably the movie this year that I probably... Probably that I liked that I would rate the lowest if that makes any sense. Like, just because I consider it a two-star flick, that doesn't mean I hate it. Sure. There's a lot that this movie does well. But, you know, add on the additional shit, which I didn't know before recording this, so it doesn't really impact my review that much, but, like, the little stuff where they cut out these scenes where the guy's getting his literal head ripped off... I uh, would have liked to see that or at least known about it before I spent my, uh, you know, lunch money on uh, the rental. But uh, would I recommend this movie? Hell yeah. You know, check it out. It's uh, it's very weird. Uh, I wish there was less scenes in it that just kind of meander. Like the whole subplot with Carl and Sarah I could do without, kind of like what Joe was saying. If Jake and maybe even Beth could have been more of a focal point, then this, this love... Uh, Angle inserted where we don't really need it. Like like Joe even said, this guy doesn't even get a chance to grieve. He's immediately going over to the next tale of ass, as far as I'm concerned. Because Sarah could be a really interesting character. Like, she knows all this shit about computer tracking these animals and their behavior. And, you know, I joke about her being Oracle from Batman. But she's she's portrayed in, the, in a few scenes as this really intelligent person. And they don't really do anything with that. So surface level you know honestly it probably gets in there by this razorback fucking taking a, taking a fucking shelf and just like eviscerating it and I use that word a lot this episode but I think it fits uh, you know eviscerating the shelf and, you know eating everything on there and then just like crapping out uh, the remains and this film is getting crapped out to the top of the dumpster uh, you know the VHS tape comes out in a cube much like it would out of a wombat's butt so you know figure out the math on that one <laughs> And, uh, you know, if you want to clean it off and uh, put it back on the shelf, you're going to need a Clorox, but it's doable. Um, And, you know, at the end of the day, we really just want to see Steve Irwin diving in the dumpster to get it out for us because uh, that visual has been in my head for like two years now. (laughs) And uh, I haven't been able to bring it up because we haven't really... uh, you know, we did we did Aberration, but uh, we, that didn't go hard into the Australian uh, lore, let's say, whereas this film, we got the full outback treatment. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I like the Mad Max vibes. It's kind of funny hearing all those people from Mad Max worked on this film. It kind of uh, makes a whole lot of sense. And, uh, I, you know, I, even though I don't love this film, I would be, you know, I'd probably pick up the Blu-ray. You know, it's, it's, it's at least that worthy. But uh, at the risk of sounding redundant, Uh, definitely a dumpster movie and cb if you're listening dude you need to do taking a page on razorback because i need to know we all we all deserve to know yeah (laughs) if the book is anything like the movie i I wonder if it has a nickname like it's not called razorback it's called like i don't know nick yeah right well there you go it's got a nick (laughs) in the uh the old ear or something like that tusk his name's one broken tusk or some (laughs) shit End of the film is him coming out of a doghouse. People throwing him fucking fish in a newspaper. (laughs) So we just want to thank our patrons uh, for supporting the show, and thank everybody at home for supporting it since its inception. But I just want to call out specifically Hunter Davenport, Brendan Lemieux, the autistic gamer eighty nine, Beyond Hope Triple Seven, Christopher Jacob Chavez, Leonardo Roberto Talavera Barocio, Garlami, getting there I think on that (laughs) Amanda Tweed. Joe has a mustache, and Dustin Elkin. Thank you so much. And uh, you can go on that Patreon now, see all kinds of behind-the-scenes stuff involving the barbecue. Garbecue! And uh, some of that stuff we did with CB is on there, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Sign up, check it out. Let us know what you think. Tell us what you want us to do on it. You know, give suggestions. We're open. Absolutely. And make sure that you enter for our barbecue giveaway. Um, and again, you can reach out to us on any of the social media platforms. Send us a message or send us an email at podcast at gmail.com. And all you have to do is give your name and um, write barbecue giveaway. That's it. It's that simple. And uh, keep an eye out because Gramps is going to tell you what's on the menu for the for next week for the uh, next episode. <laughs> Check that MD guide. Listen to Gramps. Uh, yep, it's coming. So that's it. That's Razorback from 1984, directed by Russell Mulcahy. Hey, everybody, if you want some more bad movie goodness, you can check us out at MovieDumpsterPodcast.com. Subscribe to us anywhere you listen to your podcast, and make sure to leave us a five star review if you dig the show, because it helps us get out of the bottom of the dumpster and into more eardrums. Yeah, and if you're on the social medias, you can follow us at MovieDumpster on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor McGraw. Thanks for visiting the dumpster. I'm a kangaroo. <laughs> 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 you are a really good sense of him I have for a second <laughs> Oh, send me Come on, man Send me you finished the can you off Oh <laughs>